There's no tech reporting going on. It's all late. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's April 1st, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 187. This is no agenda. Absolutely no fooling. And coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I missed my cue, of course, I could tell by the timing there because we have a lag all the time on the show. Uh, Northern Silicon Valley here. No April Fool's. John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Now, you missed more than your cue. You missed, like, the whole start of the show. It's 923. I don't think we've ever started this late. No, no, no. We've started later than that. Unless I had an absolute uh, technological meltdown. Well, it was a number of uh, just one thing after another. This is April Fool, so we can start late. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you want to talk about that briefly before we get into uh, executive Uh, producers? Yeah, we had this April. (laughs) No, no, no. Wait. Let me correct you right off the bat. Not we, Kimo Sabe. You sent me an email said... (laughs) <laughs> Look, it's a tradition. I got to do an April Fool's gag. Just say yes. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. So, so, so the whole thing. I don't. I have unfortunately the clip is uh, has to be dissected. But the um, so here was the idea. Uh, and by the way, I'm known for these fabulous April Fool's gags. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You're like the wacky uncle with the slideshow when it <laughs> so, comes to that. <laughs> so I say, well, I got an idea. We'll have Leo make the announcement. Actually, it came from uh, Randy Asher, our uh, one of our artists for one of our artists. Art. He yeah. came up with this idea, and so he did, did the art. So I said, well, you know, we can we can work around this. And so the idea was going to be that the, we're going to do the third show, but it's going to be on the Twit on Leo's Twit uh, network, and Leo would announce it. He kind of got carried away, I guess, and said that he, he bought us out. And so he did, but the problem is, you know, I said, so I, I contacted his people and said, uh, hey, here's the, here's the gag. Here's what we want to do. And Leo is going to have this, and I want Leo to record that he's, 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 you know, he's buying us or he's, or he's doing the third, he bought our third show or something like that. Some, <laughs> some, something funny. And then, uh, uh, and then. You were. I was going to get pissed off. I was going to get angry. You were supposed to get pissed off, and then we got to act a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) I was looking forward to the acting part. Oh, we were going to do this acting. You could, you know, a little bit. Was how was you give us a little bit of it? I can't believe you've done that, John. After 187 I, hey, episodes, hey, 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 180. This, this is bullshit, ago. John. This is absolute I, I crap. You, I, I told you. Look, I have not. Do I have to go <laughs> dig through the show? I told you about this two weeks ago. In the morning. So anyway, so we're going to do some acting. And hey, Mickey, was, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait Mickey, yeah. you're, you're a professional actor. How do we do? <laughs> Yes, you're right. She just quit. Mickey just quit acting altogether. She's, she's hey, you know, it's pretty hard to top that kind of material. I mean, that's a, that is that is pure genius. That's gold, baby. That's Oscar-winning material right there. But but because Leo essentially has flipped out some I don't know a few years back and has decided to put himself on the air twenty four seven. He doesn't he know does when he's the on the air. Recording live, you know, with, with the cameras on him yesterday. So, which of course blows blew the gag. up the whole joke. It <laughs> blows the whole gag. And I'm getting I'm getting like tw- tweets from everyone. Hey, uh, um, April Fool's coming up from Leo. Now they think it's Leo's gag. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like completely ruined. Leo gets all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, serves us right.
Well, you know, the worst part about it is we had a, a it wasn't a script. It was kind of like a, like an, a kind of a script outline. We were going to do some tremendous acting. Yeah. I mean, you just heard a, a, a fine slice of it. And then I was going to complain about the fact I can't get a bit part in a movie. <laughs> so, 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 but the whole thing blew up because Leo has the camera on him 24 seven. I think this is some psychological thing because he's always saying stuff that he would never say on any of his shows. You know, it's just like, it's, it's like his alter ego is <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, this is what happens, you know, you forget. And then it's just all of a sudden everything's out there. It's it's. Uh, well, so anyway, so that was our gag of the day, and it didn't, you know, hey, we got next year to do it. So, of course, I've been looking around for uh, for good April Fool's gags, and I'm still not convinced that this next one, if it is or isn't an April Fool's joke, uh, it is certainly one of the most uh, one of the most emailed stories of the day. Um, Congressman Hank Johnson, have you seen this video of him? No. Oh my God! So Hank, this—I swear to God, like this has to be an April Fool's joke. I'm trying to find the the video edit. Something is wrong here. He's um, he's speaking to an admiral um, about Guam because they want to put you know an additional like five or eight thousand troops on Guam, and he keeps on going on about the size of Guam. And just listen uh, to what he says: the least widest uh, place on the. He's the congressman from Georgia. About 12 miles wide now listen. Uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And um, I don't know how many square miles that, that is. So he sounds drunk, right? Wait, 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 wait. With me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. This yeah, is the my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, <laughs> and capsize. <laughs> this is like, and I'm like, I'm playing this four times. I'm like, is this guy for real? He's, he's afraid the whole island will tip over and capsize. <laughs> this is the most unbelievable thing in the world. I know this has to be an April Fool's joke, but it really appears to be a congressional hearing. Did it? When did? did when was it posted? Uh, the twenty fifth of March. Now, April Fool's jokes technically have to be done on, on April, April Fool's. Fool's. Yeah. They're so, not jokes; they're hoaxes. That's so this, different. So this guy is for real. He go, He starts for like a minute and a half about the size of Guam, and it's really long, and it's uh, you know, it's like twelve Does he miles. Think long. Islands are floating. Apparently. <laughs> 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 he was like, and the and the admiral. Yeah, I'll just back it up one second. The admiral, he's like, uh, what? <laughs> what? Uh, we don't anticipate that the uh, <laughs> the Guam population. I think currently about one hundred and seventy-five thousand. And- he just goes rolls right over. It. Uh, we don't anticipate yeah. that. Yeah, we don't anticipate the island capsizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then the guy makes one hundred seventy-four thousand dollars as our as a congressman. <laughs> Just an FYI. It's amazing how, how these people get in office and how the public that votes them in is so oblivious to this sort of thing. I think the guy just was hammered. I mean, it's just, it's just no two ways. a little hammered, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's possible. I think half the guys, look, if you ever, <laughs> we've listened to C-SPAN, we yeah. have to get hammered. Yeah, just hammered. to listen to it. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. Yes, mean, yeah, yesterday the, the Haitian conference was on, C-SPAN 1. I watched all three hours of it. Oh. Mm. 
Sorry. Yeah, it was worth it. Hey, who's um, our executive producer for today? Well, we got an executive producer to the tune of 33333. Ooh, is that the first of uh, his three installments? He left no note. He just threw money at us and and took off. Adam Miller Ah. from Perryville, Missouri. Missouri. Well, and I think you. he has given us money before, so it's quite possible. I have to look in the records uh, that he's uh, either going to be a knight or should be a knight or wants to be a knight or he's doesn't very, care. Very close to a knight, yeah. So, of course, the way that works is if you donate three payments of $333.33, you are almost at the knighthood's $1,000 threshold. We kick in the extra penny and uh, and make you a knight right on the spot. So, Adam Miller, thank you very much for being uh, our executive producer, associate executive producer, John. We have two. Mm-hmm. We have Ralph uh, Nelson. Nelson. Uh, Nelson from uh, Aachen. Uh, oh, from Germany. Aachen, Deutschland. Yes. Not Germany. <laughs> Sorry. <And laughs> Excuse he, me. He also. <laughs> well, I thought we agreed we were going to be calling it Deutschland. Yeah, Deutschland. You're right. It's Deutschland. Uh, and he's also a parent. He's, he's also a, will be a knight today. Oh, okay. Let me just make a note of that. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, Nelson, yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke Vanderhelm. Luke van der Helm. Van van der Helm. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. Wait, is it van der Helm or van der Helm? It's V A N. Okay, van der Helm. Okay. Oh, and uh, nice. who actually, you know, he sent us an email, you know, to, to how to pronounce his name or to, to, to that, what his name was, because it, he he didn't want to deal with PayPal. We do have a, an arrangement. People can wire the money uh, internationally. And so he wired uh, in uh, to 1993. But it came in from wire from Helm van der Leonardus Johannes. <laughs> Fine Dutch boy living in like, Finland. What? So, uh, in euros. Oh, nice. And so what was the, is it was a symbolic amount or? Uh, I couldn't see it being such. 219 what? Well, it came in as dollars, 219.93, but in euros it was 183, which I don't know. I didn't see it that he mentioned it meant anything. So um, he's our other associate executive producer. So um, we're going to do our knighthoods later on because we have another knight. Uh, who was actually sent his own knighthood uh, theme song or theme tune, uh, Jeff Smith. So we have two knighthoods coming up. Uh, We do have a number of PR associates that I'd like to mention, uh, John, a couple of uh, interesting things. Uh, First is uh, Pranav Parikh, I think is how you uh, pronounce it. uh, uh, He's done a Facebook advertising campaign of No Agenda. Yes, he's actually our first, uh, <laughs> our first Indian, our first Indian giver. Yeah, first Indian <laughs> giver. He gave us a uh, actually mailed in because you can't do PayPal in India apparently. Really? I think yeah, those, I think those, those guys run Indians. PayPal. What is that? I don't know. Whatever the case is, they he he actually sent us a a, 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 a hundred rupees or something in a form of a bill. Uh, five hundred rupees, actually. Is what five hundred, yes. Which is, I think, uh, you're hoarding. Cents. You're hoarding that, aren't you? You're sitting on that. Yeah, I, I am actually you're hoarding the dough. Uh, so it's, we, in, it's framed. It's anyway, going to go into the No Agenda Studios. We appreciate the uh, <laughs> we appreciate the Facebook campaign. Also, uh, Jim has uh, built a wor- World of Warcraft No Agenda Guild, 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the screenshots. They looked awesome. I mean, I'm, I, I, it's kind of like Second Life in a way, right? The way it looks. Yeah. I haven't, uh, so I haven't been, uh, been into World of Warcraft, but uh, you, if, you, uh, if you're into World of Warcraft, and I have a feeling some of our uh, listeners slash producers might be, uh, then you can go look for the uh, World of Warcraft Guild. And uh, M, we have uh, M, M at slash slash. Uh, who actually gave a pretty good idea. We've, we've had a number of promotional ideas, such as changing your, uh, your Wi-Fi name to noagendastream or noagendashow.com. Uh, he says, hey, guys, uh, here's an idea. Why don't all of your listeners create a Twitter list, uh, such as noagendashowdouchebag, and put people like PressSec and at Barack Obama in the list? <laughs> he thinks that it will trend on Twitter. So I like the idea. I like these kind of, you know, Social yeah, hacking you know, ideas. I, I, I do too. And I th- what I think is funny is that we're getting some real creative ideas from listeners in a, in, a, in a feedback mechanism that I don't know if really exists in normal broadcasting. Oh, totally doesn't. Absolutely. not. And, uh, and the thing is that there's much better ideas than we'd ever come up with. Yeah, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. it's, when you see the idea, like the noagendashow.com uh, SSID. That's brilliant, right? It, it's like you look at it and say, oh, that's it's an obviously great idea that I could have thought of. Yeah. But you never will. You will just. You, we, this is a, a it's crowdsourcing in a, in a way. Totally, it's amazing. Two clips I want to play. Quick ones uh, from James and Sarah Eakins. Uh, James is a sysadmin by day and musician by night. His wife is a, is also a singer. They are with an outfit called Broad Daylight, myspace.com slash Broad Daylight. And they were doing a guest spot on uh, killradio.org, uh, which uh, apparently a, uh, a lot of people listen to. And <laughs> here, here's a way to piss off the hosts of a show. Oh, very I'm still sharp. But yeah, it was, it was a long night last night. I was out quite late. A lot later than I thought I was going to. And the time change. Don't forget, you know, you can't... This is on uh, something called Los Angeles Free Radio, I guess. Because it didn't deny me. Can I somehow blame that on the government? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) In the morning. (laughs) You know, I would like to take this moment, just, uh, I hope you don't mind, to uh, give a shout-out to um, uh, noagendashow.com, which um, is just an amazing show that, uh, in the morning to you, Sarah... In the morning to you, James. And we love you, Adam. I love you too, baby. And John, who I've always had a man crush on, John Dvorak. <laughs> and they'll be hearing this. Girl. And uh, I, I just got to say to Adam Curry, thank you for turning me on to Atlas Shrugged. Anyways, that's <laughs> yeah. a side note. Sorry. Go ahead. Any more shout-outs? Let's do some more. Why not? Oh, we, See, this is, this is, any more shout-outs? The guy's like pissed off now. Oh, oh shut <laughs> any up. More shout any more shout-outs? You stupid shout-outs. Hey, great, uh, James and Sarah. I think that was, uh, that was an awesome one. And uh, without a doubt, the PR executive uh, of the week goes to um, Eric Newman. As you know, uh, uh, Leo Laporte does his uh, Tech Guy show. On, I think it's Saturday and Sunday. On uh, it's on KFI. I think it's just on one of the two days. I have a feeling it's some. Maybe sometimes it's both days. But I listen to KFI all the time because it's a Los Angeles provocative talk radio. Yeah, it's a, it's a flamethrower. You can't it's a not huge, listen. To it. Yeah, I mean it's like fifty thousand watt station. And uh, and so Leo does his tech, which is kind of a weird show on this station. You know, this is the show that has the station that has Rush Limbaugh in the morning, which uh, ironically is the guy who bumped Leo off of KNBR 
when Leo was a talk show host. Oh, really? And pushed Leo into the tech stuff that has now made him a millionaire. Ah, interesting. Irony of ironies. So uh, one of our producers calls up, and uh, I just love this bit, and my, my Twitter exploded, my text messaging exploded. Everyone was freaking out because, uh, of course, because of the, uh, you're right, the flamethrower size of KFI. It was great. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I want, also want to give you some radio love and tell you, I've been listening to you and watching you on tech TV. This- By the way, that's a great way to get your plug in is suck up to the host first. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Really, that's really good. Entire century, you've been my generation's Walter Cronkite. So <laughs> thank, uh, you. thank you so much. Thank you very much <laughs> for the uh, this incredible service that you provide. Uh, if you don't mind, I uh, I'm a producer on this podcast. I'd like to tell you about really quickly. I see it right here. Is it Nightcast? <laughs> oh no, that's uh, that's I used to run their servers. Actually, uh, that's a UCS student radio station. Uh, it's an internet based oh, okay. radio station. Okay. What's no, the podcast? Uh, um, well, we like to do it in the morning. It's uh, <laughs> it's a podcast with uh, with some friends of mine where we like to deconstruct some media with uh, called No Agenda with uh, John C. Dvorak. And you Adam do No Curry. Agenda? Well, I know about No Agenda. What do you do for No Agenda? So this is the funny part. Is Leo's like, hey, you produced that show. I mean, he's, he's thinking like, you know, the guy runs around like gets us coffee and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which most producers end up doing. No, no not our producers. Well, this... Uh, I made. Uh, you can call me a PR associate. Uh, my job is to go around and uh, and uh, get the word out, you know, to awaken people. So now you need you need to do like Howard Stern. You need to have like something like Baba Booey. But he just said in the morning. Uh, this is you even missed that on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, right? I know, I missed yeah. it. Yeah. It in the morning is our catchphrase. That is not totally Baba our Booey. catchphrase. Yeah. So that people uh, <laughs> people will know about. It. Of course, John C. Dvorak is a good friend, old friend, guy who got me started in the business. And uh, is that true? Yeah. You got him started in the business, in radio in business? In the tech, tech talk business. business in oh. the tech, he, he was a talk show host. The story, what happened was we were, uh, I did his show a couple of times when he was doing normal talk show, you know, interviewing the local newspaper column, this kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, it, it turned out that I didn't realize he was like a geek. Right. And so we chatted a lot about this. And so he, you know, he, he actually th- thought of the idea of doing a show together on tech on the weekends. Ah, good. So I, but they, they, he couldn't apparently sell it to them just himself because he's a wreck, you know, it's yeah, like Rush Limbaugh. He someone it. with credibility. Yeah. So they had to bring me in. So I got him started in that, in that way. Okay. Let's continue this so we can get onto the Not real no words. His podcast, No Agenda, is a morning show. In fact, that's funny. It's a morning show. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, uh, I think it's Sunday mornings, isn't it? Where he and Adam Curry, who you may remember the name Adam Curry, he's that, the guy with the big hair. <laughs> you can just hear Leo thinking, fucking douchebag. He's that uh, <laughs> douchebag. Douchebag. Yes. Douchebag. Uh, the guy with the hair. He uh, was one of the first MTV VJs. And uh, Adam's kind of a conspiracy buff. And John's kind of a curmudgeon. <laughs> so. Take that, Dvorak. That's what you get for helping the guy in the business, you curmudgeon. Between the two of them, it's kind of a funny show. No Agenda. If you go to noagenda. Or I Google No Agenda or noagenda.mevio.com, you can find out more about it. All right, perfect. Um, so we picked up about four, four or five listeners with that. Yeah, and no money. <laughs> no money. <laughs> we appreciate the effort, though. That's really helpful. Well, thank you very much to uh, Adam Miller as our uh, executive producer of No Agenda, episode 187. Ralph Nalison and Luke von der Helm as our associate executive producers. You guys by now know that you need to go out and propagate our message and our formula. Our formula is this. 
We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And uh, Adam Miller now on the second of three payments. Soon he'll have one of those actual rings to hit people in the mouth with. Shut up, slave. All right, John. All right, we got a lot of news this week oh that is weird. God, I, you know the show notes. We're still not sending them out on uh, on the mailing list yet. They no, are we off have to get the, the mailing list. The charts. Bigger. I've got so many articles and things. Yeah, no, we have, this is getting uh, ridiculous. But it's time for we, a third show. The uh, we well we, we don't have the finances for it. But anyway, the. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of distractive news. Distractive. I don't know if that, that's a real word, but there's a lot of dis, uh, distractions this week. Distractions the distraction of the week. Hey, on no agenda. I mean, it's, it, there's just like a, a just a potload of these things. Yeah, there's the uh, South Korean destroyer. Yeah, there's, sunk. Uh, the right. By the way, Uncle Don is going over to, over to Korea next week, so I'm going to call him. And find out and see if I can get any information. Yeah, good luck, right? Why would he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Retired. I don't know. I don't know. He's exactly, the guy's eighty, but he's I, he's going to go do something. He's listed on Wikipedia, you know. Oh yeah, uh, and, he's, and he's supposedly retired. He's very famous. Then of course we had the uh, militia group who were raided. We had the boob bombers in uh, Russia, which I think is probably the most interesting one. And uh, well, there was more. It, it just it seemed no, there not was a to lot. stop. Yeah. Still, Tiger Woods is back in the news. There's a bunch of celebrity stuff. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just there's obviously there's some real and something that important happened, and they they, they couldn't take a up. chance on covering it up with one or two distractions, well, and so I, yeah, uh, you know I, they just barraged us with uh, smoke screens. I do have a thought that one of the uh, one of the things that could have happened is uh, our president, uh, President Obama, uh, made a surprise visit to the troops in Afghanistan. Yeah, this was an interesting out of the blue story. Yeah, and you know, and this stuff has happened before. And the reports I'm getting is that he actually had a secret. You know, you, there's no way to to do the timetable on it because it, you know you don't know exactly when he took off, and it's a lot of work, and nothing is really you know nothing very clear about when Air Force One left. And of course, there's two Air Force Ones. So you can easily land one. It's just all kinds of uh, difficult information to obtain. But uh, the reports I'm getting is that he actually had a meeting with uh, Chinese communist leader Hu Jintao. And uh, and that the Afghanistan trip was used as cover. This is the second time, at least we've talked about this, this may have happened during his Copenhagen visit. Exactly. Visit, or exactly. Copenhagen. Uh, which also has a bunch of missing time elements. This one, uh, of course, the news media, the mainstream news guys, and the right wing and the left wing both had different takes on this visit to Afghanistan. Of course, the, you know, the left wing is great that he do this. But the right wing, what is he? He comes in at midnight. He meets with these guys. They're all in bed. Apparently, yeah, it's like, hey, hey, Barack, dude, like, call me in the morning, will you? I, I gotta go fight. He's, and he's only there. He's only there for, for a few hours. And they bitch and moan about this, not even thinking that maybe this was something else going on, because the fact of the matter is, I think the giveaway that I think why you're on the right track is that 
he was only there for a few hours. <laughs> Why yeah, would he fly <laughs> all the way to Afghanistan, which is a miserable? That yeah. is as far as you can go. Yeah. Ever hear of Skype? I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. That's as far as you can go. <laughs> I mean, you are you're in a plane for 14 hours to get there. Yeah. Uh, and depending on which way you went over the Pacific, over the Atlantic. Well, he can he can it. refuel in flight if he has to. Yeah, but it, but the point is is that it's the longest. You, you can't really make a longer trip than that. It's the other side of the globe, almost exactly. But anyway, so he flies. All that way for just for what for to shake a couple of hands and leave that makes no sense whatsoever. He had to be doing something else. He's not going to make a long trip like that right. without doing something else, and that something else wasn't reported, and nobody even thought to ask. So here's the theory uh, from Russian reports, because of course the Russians immediately say, "Ah, it's over there in China. We know exactly what's going on." Apparently, China has their uh, half century uh, crisis or disaster. And this, I believe the last time this uh, happened was in uh, in the 60s, which kind of makes sense on the timeline. They have a uh, a 50-year drought cycle in China. And the last time this happened in the 60s, it's estimated 20 to 50 million Chinese died of uh, literally water starvation. Uh, starvation, you know, so they couldn't grow any food and they had no water. Right. Bad. Very bad. And at the time, of course, this is, uh, I'm going to say this is Nixon's period. Uh, and Nixon, of course, sent uh, his guy. Uh, well, Nixon was actually, and Nixon really didn't really crop up until 68. Uh, well. I think this happened, I think this happened during the Johnson era, but go, anyway, go ahead. Well, this was around the time that uh, George H.W. Bush was ambassador to the United Nations. And when he started calling for the new world order and there was going to be a global solution to famine and all this stuff. And Henry Kissinger, of course, uh, uh, he went over to China on a secret visit. And then, then we had Nixon's historic 1972 uh, meeting with the Chinese. Remember all that? I mean, it's, it's hard for me to remember because I was all like nine years old. I was 50. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, but the the reports are is that the Chinese are basically saying, okay, you know, now America has to help us, and we need water resources and basically a place to put our people. We got we got to move. Well, they our, moved a lot of them to the San Francisco Bay Area. Precisely, <laughs> a, not a hell of a lot of them. So, yeah. and, and you don't see them, right? They're like no seems. Like he's like, hey, there's a lot of Chinese around here all of a sudden. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the reports are sketchy, and but I, I do like kind of the theory of the 50-year drought, and I guess that they're into I, I don't read about it because, God forbid, the news media give us some actual news uh, and do some investigative reporting, but it does seem about time that the Chinese are in for a big water issue. I don't know. It could be. Uh there's a, but we, you know that's the problem. Nobody asks questions. They don't. They, the White House press corps is a joke. I mean, they're basically lap dog dogs. And and you know they have to be because if they ask a smart question, they get thrown off out of the out of the room, and they never get to come back. I mean, this is a, one of the most corrupt situations. It's it's slowly evolved, and the press is complicit because they put up with this. You know, it seems to me that the press wanted to really ask hard questions, and when somebody did that and got thrown off the uh, bus, uh, the, the, all, the entire group should say, we're not doing this anymore. This is bogus. What's the point of having these meetings? Just send us a memo. Fax it to us. Yeah. You know, you're not answering questions. You're not interacting. It's ridiculous. But no.
so that was the one. Dis- that's the thing I believe it may have been covering up. Then, of course, the um, distraction slash. I think CIA. I have to really think this is a CIA CIA deal. Um, these bombers in the Russian subways. <clears throat> Uh, so first, you know, it would make so much sense because once again, oh, now it's women because, you know, you can't, you can't profile a terrorist. No, it could be just a chick, a boob bomber. And uh, although horrible, of course, because, uh, and there were some magic numbers. I read 30, 33, more than 30, all kinds of, uh, three numbers of, uh, of people who, uh, who perished during this, uh, this bombing. Of course, uh, CCTV cameras didn't catch any of them because, ah, well, we need some more of them now. Yeah, uh, that's a classic, too. There's too many checklist elements on this bombing, you know, know, that, that... That serves some other purpose. One, it serves the purposes you can't profile. Serves the purpose that uh, homegrown terrorism ser- serves the purpose of we need more cameras because for some unknown reason all our brainiacs couldn't put the cameras in the right place or they knew where the cameras were or it was an inside job. I mean, this this kind of thing is. Uh, and we had this on 60 Minutes when they were interviewing you. I sent I give you a copy of the. Uh, Show it was last Sunday. Oh, yeah. They, they had uh, the Jihad Jane from 2006. I didn't even know that Jihad Jane had already been used previously as a moniker for female terrorists. Yeah, so they had this Jihad Jane who was, <clears throat> had a great story to tell, and we don't know why this was on 60 Minutes in the first place. Uh, it was a, it was a, basically a sob story, how the government or somebody screwed this woman over, and for all we know, we don't even know if she's still working for the agency or whatever. I mean, it's just it was all hard to tell. The thing was so... It was produced to elicit, you know, sympathy for her for some reason, and also to give you the indication that you know we have. I, I don't know. There's like a lot of mixed messages in there. I never could deconstruct it uh, because 60 minutes, by the way, you can't. It's except for the real obvious stories. I mean, my kids can deconstruct. You know, occasionally 60 minutes will do a profile on Cheryl Crow, and then one of the kids will say, "Oh yeah, she's on the record label that's owned by Viacom that, right. that's hooked up with." You <laughs> yeah. know, they have the whole thing figured out that why are they doing the puff piece and 60 minutes does these all the time they're always doing puff pieces on something they have some you know some connection to on a on a money basis some fiduciary deal you know there there is a financial angle to this uh that's interesting you bring that up let me just uh let me just look at this article um uh, the financial angle was that running right up to the actual bombing attack uh, there was like a lot of positive news about uh, about the ruble and uh, hold on, let me just get this. I've got the timeline. It, it was very interesting. Um, here we are. Uh, maybe I don't have it. Anyway, the day of the bombing, the ruble tanked, like tanked, and they were like everything was great before the bombing or after the bombing. Right after the bombing. Right after the bombing, the ruble tanked. Huh. Yeah, and I was like, hmm, okay, you know, I'm no financial expert. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on that, that involves, I mean, there was a lot of people that before the 9-11 uh, uh, takedown of the World Trade Center, there was a lot of people that shorted the airline oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, airline, absolutely. Here we go. Uh, March 24th, NATO and Russia clashed on the 24th of March over how to tackle the drug problem in Afghanistan, which, by the way, 
Uh, the Russians are now yelling uh, at uh, at the Americans, in particular the CIA, saying that they are killing millions of Russians a year because apparently a lot of the heroin is being trafficked into Russia uh, that is coming from Afghanistan. We know that this is... Well, here they come. <laughs> That's a military helicopter, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was your... Yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, 28th of March, Russian ambassador to Tehran, Alexander Sadovnikov, described Moscow-Tehran relations as excellent. So now, you know, a little saber rattling. Hey, we like Iran! 28th of March as well, Russia hailed a new nuclear arms treaty with the United States, but warned that U.S. missile defense plans could derail its implementation. 29th of March... Uh, Russia's future growth looks set to be increasingly driven by domestic demand as a recovery in industrial production supports job creation and earnings growth. And then after the blast, boom. Ruble, ruble drops the most in two months versus the euro after the Moscow blast. So there's something there. Yeah, something's fishy. As usual. Um, and besides the fact that it's just, you know, more terrorism that they didn't catch on camera. And and they also want to reinstate the uh, death penalty now in Russia. In Russia? Yeah. I didn't know that they ever uninstated it. <laughs> well, like an official death penalty. Usually they just walk up behind you and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're dead. Don't write that. You can't be a journalist. No, we have to kill you. And now they can actually put you before some tribunal and uh, and do some stuff to you. All right. Well, uh, so that's that's part of the I mean, it, this week was a, a very uh, hard week to uh, to dissect. So I, of course, did a couple of things. We'll do this later in the show. But I did uh, decided to go uh, and dissect uh, a Dick Wolf show. And uh, people always, you know, complain about us or, or me in particular. You watch all you're doing is watching television. I watch television. I mean, I watch a lot of C-SPAN, but I watch regular television because most people watch television in this country. <laughs> yeah. and Go figure four hours a day. So we have to know what they're being programmed with. It's yeah, what we, need, we do. We need, we need to see the programming so we can we can say, hey, look, this is what's going on. And you can you can identify certain trends uh, based on you, you're talking about, you know, the, the reporters and the news people are, you know, they give us mediocre coverage. They don't do their job half the time. And then the ones that do, you know, you never get you never find the material anyway. It doesn't get much broad distribution. But the real writers, the, the writers who make money as writers, the big I mean, they don't make as much money as a Daniel Steele writing novels. But the guys who write these screenplays, those are the real writers. I mean, not the people that work for The New York Times. They're just, you know, reporters that that kind of are like cogs in a wheel and must, much of their work is mechanical. These guys are the creative ones that are brainwashing you. Yeah, because they write stories that you get sucked into and it's a dr dramatic series and you're like, ah. and actually there was a lot this week that was quite outrageous when it comes to stories and of course we know the connections between Dick Wolf and, well, certainly Bush um, and we know that there's the, uh, the Hollywood uh, was it... Uh, Creative Association, what is that called again, who actually admit to putting messages into their dramatized uh, productions. Yeah, and, and, and there was memos from the White House telling him to do it. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, sure, we'll, we'll We want to push volunteerism, you yeah. know, this, this year of that, so... Anyway, so we have right. a, we have some interesting clips, but I also have a couple, since we were talking about the CIA and some of, some of the... Uh, um, 
strangeness with the Russians in the, the Middle East. Play the Blitzer clip. This is this is the rundown on a, on a news story that still has me shaking my head because they're because Blitzer. Uh, Actually, the clip is, I'm sorry, I think, the, no, it's a CIA grabs Iranian clip. Yeah, it. Uh, it, it's like, they don't give you the timeline or the dates or the, anything. They just, the, the Blitzer show, which is on CNN, is one of the worst news shows ever. And after we play this clip, I'm going to prove it to you by bringing up another clip called the Blitzer clip that, that's next. That it just, there's no information. It's Cafferty and the Cafferty file. It's a potential gold mine of information on Iran's nuclear program. We're following reports that the United States has convinced an Iranian scientist to defect and bring along with him secrets the Tehran government doesn't want the West or the world to know about. Our foreign affairs correspondent Jill Doherty is here working the story for us. Sorry to update our viewers. What do we know about this? Okay, the man's name is Shamram Amiri. Uh, we did report on him a few months. I think he's donated to No Agenda, hasn't he? Shaman Amiri? Could be. It's yeah. back. And I think we have a picture that we can show. It comes from Iran's press TV. So he is a nuclear scientist. He was working at a university that is allied with the nuclear program of Iran. He goes to Saudi Arabia to this, the holy sites, and then he disappears. And at that point, Iran says he's been kidnapped by the United States. Uh, however, this new report that came out from ABC News says that actually he defected to the CIA and that he's been given some... Uh, valuable information. Uh, as you might expect, there's no confirmation coming from the U.S. government, the State Department, anybody officially. But, you know, one of the things, uh, it's, it's a bit murky, Wolf, because it's unclear exactly what he knew. Remember when we were talking about calm? All that- right, so two, two things about this clip. Actually, three things. One, it's called the Situation Room. So Wolf Blitzer implies that he is in some kind of uh, information hub, very similar or analogous to the White House's situation room when there's something going on. This sounds like essentially, oh, uh, stand by, new information coming about uh, Iran's nuclear capabilities. It's just a setup to have some kind of report leak that Iran is ready to nuke us. And three, the question I have for you, John, I'll bet you this girl is hot. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. She's a good-looking woman. Yeah. But the thing is, there's no real information here, just a bunch of vagaries. And she talks about, that, you know, this. we first heard about this a couple of months ago. We don't have a timeline. We don't have a sense of a timeline. We don't have any clue. I didn't even know you could you could defect to the CIA. I didn't think they were a country. <laughs> but apparently this guy did. And I guess he def- the guy defected, what, in in, uh, in Mecca? I'm defecting to the CIA. That cube? Yeah, that's a good one. I, I didn't thought of that. I like like it. I'm defecting so to the CIA. This is like really bad. But the the worst example. I'm so I, I'm so I'm listening to this and I say this is terrible. And so then I I just picked up this little this Blitzer clip. There is a he's giving news item news item news item and this one news item showed up right in the middle of a string of of useless news items with no <laughs> details whatsoever. And as soon as I heard, it, I said, Wait a minute, this is like actually kind of interesting. But he just blows right by it. Play that. Influence in Iraq and a Lebanese TV host is fighting for his life in Saudi Arabia. He's been sentenced to death for practicing sorcery. Says uh, he could be beheaded on Friday. And older women who take daily vitamins might be increasing their risk. <laughs> That's 
great. What a segue. He could be the head of Friday and older women who are taking vitamins. Like, this is awesome. By the way, film at 11. Let's watch that. It's unbelievable. I mean, this shallow reporting is beyond. It's it's astonishing to me. But so I had to look up. Of course, I you know, being a citizen of the internet, of Gitmo Nation, look up the sorcery guy. So it's essentially the story, which is what more can he do? Just, what can he do? Can he can he make us magically uh, enough money to to do a third show? So, so a Blitzer, who, who, it just baffles me how they could miss what a great story this is. Apparently, this guy is a is a show host on a TV show where he's kind. He's, he's plays Ori kind Geller. of a, a John Edwards character. Oh. Okay. You know, like the crossing over guy. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. But but he does it. He he does his bogus Karnak predicting the future. <laughs> I see in the future the oil wells are drying up. I mean, just he's predicting. He's making these bogus. He's an entertainer. I love it. And he's, they're gonna chop his head off. And, and, and tomorrow. <laughs> it's a setup. So of course it's not it's not real. But I bet you it'll be televised. I bet you. Listen, something's happening tomorrow. We need to look everywhere for the real news because I have a feeling this could be the clip of the day, distraction of the week of the guy, the the television host. And by the way, what a message! What a I message! I think it's a great message. Hey, Rachel Maddow, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't follow the message, then uh, this is what will happen to you. We're gonna chop your head off. <laughs> so the guy is just a, you know, he's an on, he's an entertainer that does this bit, you know. There's, but there's been these guys over the years, but apparently, I guess somebody in Saudi Arabia, he's predicting that maybe he got got something right, and so, That's oh my funny. God, the guy's a sorcerer. We have to kill him. <laughs> so, st- staying with Saudi Arabia and weird news, this comes out in the Washington Post, and and see if you can catch what's wrong with the story. The United States test-fired a submarine-launched ballistic missile capable of carrying nuclear warheads during a joint military exercise Wednesday in Saudi Arabia. No. Saudi Arabia is in the middle of the desert. Where is the submarine? It must be offshore, yeah, but, but that's not in Saudi Arabia. No, Saudi Arabia it could not be more in the middle of, of the desert. So where did they launch the, the the Trident missile launch was carried out in the kingdom the official said in, in the, the kingdom. kingdom there's no there's no you can't have a submarine in the desert this is crazy and I mean do these guys have Google Earth do they even care to look at the map and say Saudi Arabia and the Trident so they've got a Trident in Saudi Arabia how does that work. Maybe they hauled the, the uh, sub out of the water and hauled it down to Ridya and uh, had it sitting there and launched it. I don't know. It's just it's it, it has to be in the water outside. I mean, Saudi Arabia borders on some some water, so they could. No, it doesn't. You know. No, it does not. Saudi yeah, Arabia it does, doesn't it? Sure, no, it does. No, no, it does not. Look, go look at go go look at Google right now. Here, I'm I'm going to do it with you. Uh, Maps Google. Here, people in the chat room do this. Saudi Arabia. Is now they're saying unless they're they're wrong on, uh, yeah, it's borders on the uh, yeah two oceans. It's got the two bodies of water next to it. No, it doesn't. That's not Saudi that Arabia. Does. Saudi Arabia, it's huge, and it's got the it's got the uh, 
What is that body of water there? No, but that's not Saudi Arabia. I mean, it's got the, you know, that's that's where the the Suez Canal is just off you've of got, it. You've got Yemen down to the south. You have got Oman down to what's the on south. What's on the west and the, and the east? You got two bodies of water. You're going to tell me they had it in the uh, what is that the the Caspian well, Sea? We were just like two kids here. We can't remember. No, but this these is, no, but, no, but this is over here. Is like you've got Mecca. But then you've got it's basically Kuwait, Kuwait on the on the east, Qatar, United Qatar. Arab Emirates. You know, you've got yeah, Dubai. but no, just north of there is Saudi Arabia territory, and that's bordering on that uh, that water. And then well, the whole the whole left side of Saudi Arabia is all water. Jeddah yeah. is uh, is right on the water. It looks like. Well, I f- I find it highly suspicious. I don't. I don't think this. This is a very strange report. Yeah, I think you're you barked up the wrong you tree. You think? Okay. Well, I could be wrong. I'll be the first to admit. What's the name of this body of water? Right. So the chat room knows. What's the body of that huge body of water on the left? <laughs> All right. Then, then then let me go to something I actually really did some work on. <laughs> yeah, you're blaming me for being late. Yesterday, um, there was the United Nations. Uh, conference on Haiti. And this was a three-hour program, which C-SPAN broadcast live. A lot of it was in French, unfortunately. However, both Bill and Hillary Clinton uh, were at this, uh, at this conference. And, I, you know, I, I couldn't even begin to pull clips because they are pulling such a smokescreen over the fact that Port-au-Prince has been destroyed, but now we're rebuilding all of Haiti with $11 billion worth of money, of which the United States uh, pledges $1.5 billion right off the bat. Uh, Hillary Clinton just said it right there. I, I, I didn't hear any congressional hearings about it, but I guess that's okay. Um, the United Nations, the World Bank, and private investors will be in charge of rebuilding hundreds of miles of roads, hotels, according to Bill, uh, the Pentagon currently uh, is now using Haiti as a training training ground for Afghanistan, which just blew me away. They're using the the broken down buildings as uh, as training spots uh, for what it's like to uh, to work in uh, uh, in Afghanistan. Britain has been cut out of the mix because uh, they didn't, uh, I guess they're not on board with the program. They were even denied a speaking slot, which was a, a little brouhaha. And, uh, and you know, the, it's amazing how Bill Clinton sits there and says, well, you know, we can't wait. You know, it's really great. We're going to rebuild uh, the entire economy. We're going to rebuild the entire country. But, uh, oh, yeah, there's about 100,000 people who are basically living in tents. We got to help them out before the hurricane season comes. And I don't understand how you can have a conference with a bunch of yahoos like Ban Ki-moon and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and the, the shill president that was installed there by kicking the real president down to Africa, over to Africa. Uh, and still have 100,000 people without decent food and water. 20,000 troops practicing for, for work in Afghanistan, for warfare in Afghanistan. And they, they, they have not done a single thing. 
to help the people. I mean, how hard can it be? It's been six, seven weeks. How hard can it be? To, for Christ's sakes, get the old Katrina trailers with formaldehyde for all I care. Do something. They're doing nothing. It is a total hijack of the country. And please listen to Hillary Clinton. And this is the most, this blew me away. To that end, the United States pledges $1.15 billion for Haiti's long-term recovery and reconstruction. This money will go towards supporting the government of Haiti's plan to strengthen agriculture, energy, health, security, and governance. Okay, so that's uh, drugs, child trafficking, oil, and tourism. We are committed to working with the people and organizations throughout Haiti including civil society groups, private businesses, NGOs, and citizens. Nice. Total takeover. And I'm very glad to see so many of them... Uh, Here it comes. This is what really surprised me. ...represented here today. We will also be looking for ways to engage our Haitian diaspora. Haitian Americans have much to contribute to this this effort. Next. And we will seek specifically to empower the women of Haiti. I've said this so many times that I know I sound like a broken record. But investing in women is the best investment we can make in any country. And investing in the Haitian women will fuel the long-term economic recovery and progress, not only for them, but for their families. So what does that mean, John? I don't know. I'm I'm baffled by it myself. And and I'm listening to it, and I I played the clip over again. And by the way, when she does this, her body language was very interesting. She puts her left hand, uh, her right hand over her heart when she talks about this. Like, I'm really sincere. No, actually. must be code. That's code. It's got to be something. And it's like investing in women. It's like, what does that mean? Children is not important. Men, I mean, what does it mean? And invest in, we have to, the best investment we can make anywhere is in women. What is this? Hookers. <laughs> yeah, Bill's like, uh huh, uh huh. You, you go, Hillary. That's good. I'll be investing in women once we get the whole casino set up. It's going to be great. So this is a complete takeover of the country. It's a great country to take over, of course. Oh, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's strategically located. Um, Bill Clinton was already involved as a special envoy. Now he's, you know, the U.N. special envoy uh, to Haiti, United Nations, and and the World Bank. And they just, the whole thing is all about the World Bank going to finance this. So uh, the Haitians are totally screwed. Team. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable to me. And no, of course, no one is fine. You know, where's Anderson Cooper now? Hey, Anderson Vanderbilt, where are you now, now that this is happening? It's like, oh, it's all, uh, stop the news reports. No longer important. People are still dying. There's pigs and people. Oh, they got to get rid of as many as they can before they're, they actually they're do anything. They're annihilating them. They're annihilating these people. Yeah, no, this is a form of, uh, yeah, I think so. Genocide. I think it's total genocide. It's just, anyway, I have a whole... Uh, Haiti section in uh, in the show notes. Oh, one other minor thing you might find of interest. Um, of course, I believe that uh, the Haiti earthquake was set off intentionally with an earthquake-like machine, uh, which uh, could certainly be HARP located in Alaska. Oh, well, here's something interesting. If you go to the... Uh, the HARP has a website, and they publish charts of their frequencies, 
So their frequencies are 18.11 megahertz, 14.1, uh, 100 to 200 megahertz, etc. Um, interestingly enough, they uh, deleted all of the uh, archive charts of the day before the earthquake. I'm no, sorry? no, yes, the chart archives on the HARP website, which shows the archive of their frequencies and the, what they what they're transmitting, uh, were deleted. No other deletions that I could find between 2004 and current day of any of the uh, any of the data, except for the day before the Haitian earthquake. Some charts are missing, like all of the charts. Well, I find that peculiar. Uh, yes, because you know this is what people. It's not hard. There's all kinds of people monitoring this stuff. So I'm now looking for. Uh, I, I have received some reports from people saying that Harp was very active the day before. Uh, but I like it when it comes from maestro.harp.alaska.edu. You know, that's like a pretty a pretty official site that monitors the Harp frequencies. Charts gone. Mm. I'm just saying. All right, we'll take make note. By the way, it's the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf. Oh, so we've got tridents in the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf? One of the two. It didn't say which one. I'd it's, say they're probably the Red Sea. That's the deep one. Persian Gulf, you know, dead ends in Iraq. Okay. But it was, actually, not that you mentioned it, the Persian Gulf would be the place you'd do it because it's like two minutes. I mean, you, you, the Persian Gulf is alongside, on one side is Saudi Arabia, on the other side is Iran, and then Iraq is at the top. And so you'd go into the Persian Gulf, if you you know, and you'd set off a missile. This is like, this is, the no, nah, I don't think they'd do it. That's too obvious. It's right next to Iran. They'd have to go do it in the Red Sea. So, well, I'm 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 happy that uh, they just say Saudi Arabia in the Washington Post in the in the news reporting. It would help if they actually told us what was going on. Yeah, a little more details would be useful. And, and it, what would re- would really help is if we had especially help. when you think Saudi Arabia is landlocked. <laughs> well, so, Riyadh is right in the middle of the of the desert. Yeah, no, it is. Well, the, the whole thing is a desert. So um, what would help is if we actually had more help. We have, uh, John, we have your son, Eric, now uh, participating and uh, and working on a lot of stuff for us. Uh, the first thing to tackle was uh, the supporters of uh, of the show and of No Agenda Stream just to get their names right and their donations right. Uh, we, we I, I said on the pre-stream this morning, we're actually getting to the point where we're going to have to shit or get off the pot. Uh, and the one thing we're we're missing is the shit part. We we need more money. I'm just going to say it. Don't send us blankets. Just send us cash. Uh, because uh, we're never going to get the three shows. Well, I, a week you know, this blankets way. are okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not really in that in that area. In fact, we did get. Did we get? We we got the uh, team vegan T-shirts. Yeah, and hold on one second. I got to get the right. I think it's Ryan Lee. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, also call out to, uh, oh, thank you to the mic. Call out to Ryan Lee, who sent us, uh, well, he sent me a uh, University of Kentucky sweatshirt, a beauty, by the way, and a couple of T-shirts, and he says one of the T-shirts is for you. 
Yeah, that's the uh, that's our vegan our vegan in residence, right? No, no, this is another guy. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I like this those too, a- and it'll, it'll keep us warm when I can't pay the heating bill. Thanks. So nice. uh, that's, but we do have some uh, actual donors that uh, sent us cash instead of clothes. Yes. Although. <laughs> <laughs> Cash, well, I not say that Kentucky, the Kentucky's uh, thing was fantastic. But it, um, uh, we have, uh, oh, by the way, number 12, we have our old friend from Santa Barbara coughing up another 77.77. Oh, uh, uh, Sterling? Sterling Ellsworth? Exactly. Nice. Thank you, and, Sterling. And um, Thomas Alley, A-L-L-Y, in Bellevue, or Belleville, Ohio, $65. And it's, uh, he... Uh, Says he gave sixty five to the EFF dot org and thought we deserved the same amount. Uh, pa- Paulo Santos. Hey, by the is, way, thanks uh, for using his nickname. Sorry. Yeah, Tralius. You got to read the notes, dude. I'm looking at the note. I don't see. Oh, there it. Oh, it's. You know, scroll <laughs> over to the side. This spreadsheet's really white. Ah. Uh, then we have. Uh, Paolo Santos, and he's, it, it says Istanbul, Istanbul, Portugal, and I'm not sure where in Portugal there's Istanbul, Istanbul. That seems more like Turkey to me. But uh, well, it's a Portuguese name, Santos. Uh, in fact, Santos is the best. Used to be the best linguisa maker in the San Francisco Bay Area. This company guy lived in San Lorenzo. The guy is Santos Linguisa, and he ended up shooting two health inspectors and killing them because they wouldn't let him make this linguisa the way it's supposed to be made. And he got fed up and killed these poor guys. I feel sorry for him. And they threw him in the slammer, and then he died in there. So the the, the sausage recipe's lost. Paulo says, uh, tell Adam to give John a break with his screw-ups with the money. Right. The screw-ups consist of things like not mentioning somebody's nickname. Eduardo Martinez, San Jose, California. And uh, he's this is another guy. You're getting a lot of action for the daily source code. This guy's uh, also calling you out for it. Well, the daily source code, of course, is a part of our No Agenda Stream dot com uh, initiative, and uh, we we're planning on getting more shows and really building up something that over time I think could become very valuable, something you can point to. Um, his donation, by the way, is uh, fourteen times four dollars, uh, so that. You, John, Dvorak, myself, Christina, and Mickey can get some of that gourmet mac and cheese <laughs> in San Francisco. You can so, left Mimi and Eric out of the picture. Well, <laughs> let, let them Christina have cake. Uh, no. <laughs> she doesn't even hey. listen to the show. Uh, no. Yeah, she does sometimes. She and her, her, her buddy Dexter. But she's like, oh, Dad, you make me tired. <laughs> doesn't want to hear about it. Poor kids. Anyway, he says he not does he can't be called a douchebag. And uh, Bruce, uh, we also have Bruce Classen in Valencia, uh, who has another long well, note. Well, his his note is actually pretty pretty simple. What what we've noticed is uh, some kind of karma thing that seems to be working. When people donate to the show during unemployment, they actually appear to get work pretty quickly that's what I yeah mean, no this is I, I this is not bogus no. we're not making this up and people keep giving us more example after example and this is another one yeah so uh bruce says uh, i'm going to take take the uh this karma to task he has an experiment he has a 
So he, he donated in January and landed a job after six months of unemployment. So this gig is about to end. He's worked for hire. So he's donating in hopes that the luck of a no agenda donation will cause my employment to continue. He will report back when or if there is news. Uh, in the meantime, he's, uh, he's uh, donating to the show uh, $55.10, double nickels on the dime. Appreciated. And good Matthew luck. Fannin, Lexington, Kentucky, double nickels on the dime. Matthew Wilbur in Ruther Glen, Virginia. Uh, he's looking for a, a new job, so he's going to test the theory. Uh, Timothy White, Paulsbo, Washington. By the way, if you're in Washington State, there's two really great little towns <clears throat> that you should visit. One is Paulsbo. It's an old, it's like a Norwegian town, and it's really pretty and it's got you know the covered sidewalks it's really a glamorous little town and the other one is port townsend those are the two uh, cool towns in the whole state there's nothing really much else than besides those two places uh he doesn't want to uh, the interesting uh note i found today came from heather as we have heather and jeff uh on this uh this back and forth donation thing. Yeah, Heather. Uh, well, let me just mention a couple more of these fifty-five tens. Robert Wichter, Tampa, Florida. Victoria Shellhammer, Mertztown, Pennsylvania. Dude, all Americans. We didn't get any over many overseas of the the Portuguese. Uh, David, uh, Bo- uh, what is it? Burniff. Burniff in Raleigh, North Carolina. Great place, by the way. Uh, Barry Toner, Lisburn. Uh, United Kingdom. Okay, here's a UK fifty dollars and fifty cents, and uh, Heather. Well, here's Heather and uh, her boyfriend Jeff Glennon. Heather Bean and Jeff Glennon uh, have been going back and forth using our show as a mechanism of communication. Yeah, which, by the way, we're not the best marriage counselors in the world. Just, just saying. But we, but we, it's getting to be a good little soap opera. I don't know. It could be bogus. But she says, I want to call out my, you got to remember, she called him out as being a loser for not donating. He then donated and said he's going to be a knight. And, and then she now says, I want to call out my boyfriend, Jeff Glennon, as an asshole. Whoa, I don't have a jingle for that. Douchebag. For spending the money he should be saving for my engagement ring. He spent it on a no agenda knights ring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe he's going to give you the knights ring. Yeah, really? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. When are these things? uh, I mean, I I don't want to sound like a broken record, but they are actually finalizing the design. We 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 have about six vendors lined up. That it is real, though, right? This is this is a real deal. Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of finding the vendor that we want to use. Um. And Eric's working on it. I'm working on it. We're all working on it. So the whole, it's, the whole it's, Dvorak family. Yeah, I've also got the word out to get somebody. We're thinking of doing it in Welsh, you know, because it has a, you know. Oh, instead of, of Latin. So uh, hit people in the mouth and in the morning in uh, Welsh. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Howes uh, from Portland, Maine. And uh, Cynthia Archibald from Tully, New York. And... Uh, and then, of course, Adam Miller uh, with his uh, second installment of his uh, Lucky Numbers Knighthood, $333.33. He is also today's executive producer uh, of No Agenda 187. Uh, Luke von der Helm is uh, our associate executive producer along with Ralph Nalison. 
And, uh, and if you're done, John, then I'd like to do our uh, knighthoods. Uh, for okay, well, uh, hold on one second. Uh, okay. First of all, the, one of our donors says, as a member of the U.S. intelligent community, you infuriate me because we, we tend to get the military stuff all wrong. But however. however. Like, <laughs> but... Well, we, it gets corrected. I don't know what. What do we get to? How, what What are we getting wrong? That that people are wearing too many medals and sh- 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 chevrons on their uniforms. I'm, I'm not sure what she's talking about. But people like you are necessary to bring to light the things that a lot of us know are true but cannot say out loud. And uh, a lot of uh, military and intelligence personnel actually send us private messaging and clue us in on stuff, which is. Hugely important. You know, it, it's there's stuff going on with this show, John. <laughs> it okay. is getting some traction. We just need more people, more people listening, and those people have to understand that we need money to do this. And yeah, we, because we're not doing this. We, we we couldn't get sponsors if we wanted to, because they would just bail out. You know, at any given moment uh, after we said something. And by the way, one of the biggest problems, John, is we make it look pretty easy. Oh, those guys just sit down and yap for two hours. We are constantly and that's all, not that easy, by the way. Th- that's also challenging. But all week long, yesterday I got back after a long day. You know, I I had to fly my plane to San Jose for sales so I can pay bills. Uh, then I uh, jumped on uh, Southwest and I got in at six. And then from six until midnight, when I said goodnight to you and you were still going on for an extra hour, I was doing nothing but prepping. And 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 during the day, I'm always on my iPhone saving stories, checking links, looking at you know. If, yeah, I mean if, the links alone are worth the price of admission. We can only do this show for as long as we are paid to do it by the listeners, and we need to get a lot more listeners. Now, if you are one of the listeners that can help us every once in a while, but you obviously can't give us you know you know a million dollars, get us some more listeners. I mean that's as valuable as as your your donations. But these donations are used to pay bills, and we'd like to do this you know full time. And we're not going to be able to do it unless we have a, a cash flow that is that you know can keep us you know going in the kind of in the way we're going now you know by working our asses off. Now I, I've got one more message I want to get before you go to the night thing. Um, a professor, uh, university professor studying new media, uh, gave us some money. Wants us to plug something. It is. Oh. Alan Middleton, uh, and he's in Groveport, Ohio, uh, at the uh, Ohio University in Lancaster. He wants people that are listening to the show, if they would, he's he's doing a survey. He wants to do some Q. He wants to find out. I don't know what he. We'll, we'll we'll get a copy when he's done. GSPN. Go to www. I guess it'd be www.gspn.tv/slash/podcast/survey to complete an anonymous 15-minute uh, academic survey on their podcast preferences. Of course, this is this is going to make us look good. <laughs> yeah, better. <laughs> so, <laughs> because this is a self, which he's going to have to take into account, obviously. But go to gspn.tv slash podcast survey and help the professor out. Yes. We have a lot of professors that listen to this, this quite, show. Yeah, quite a few. And that's, that's nice because I've never spoken to as many professors before in my life. Certainly not in school. So it's nice for me. And I would like to say that we have our groupie of the week, Noah. I'm sorry. What? You broke up. Oh, uh, I was I was saying that uh, we have another groupie, our groupie of the week with a associated groupie picture. 
We got to get another groupie of the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's two. <laughs> yeah. Well, yay. And she sent an awesome, uh, an awesome shot. Uh, and that will be in the show notes. Uh, Noah, thank you very much. Highly appreciate it. They're beautiful. And uh, now, ladies and names? gentlemen, <laughs> they have what? Do they have names? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Ladies and gentlemen, time now for our knighthoods. Delivering two knights into the No Agenda Night Roundtable. You can tell uh, we've got some new music here, which is original and gives us a time to really relax and enter these knights into their knighthood. So today we are very proud to uh, welcome Ralph Nalison. Ralph, please come over here and kneel before us as we now proudly knight thee, Sir Ralph Nalison. Now please enjoy our hookers, blows, and groupies over here at the No Agenda Roundtable. And our second knight, who is probably long deserving of this knighthood, actually created the music that we're using for the knighthoods now, which I think is a fine piece of uplifting and very almost regal music. The one and only Jeff Smith. You can find him at thejeffsmith.com. 80% of all jingles you hear on this program have been donated by Jeff over time. If you know the price, actually he's pretty affordable when it comes to making stuff, but if you tally it all up, he is well beyond knighthood. So therefore, I now... Name the Sir Jeff Smith. Sir Jeff, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy our hookers and blow. That's <laughs> that off. I like that ending. Cool, huh? <laughs> it sounds like some of... Uh, can you play that ending against like off-key on... <laughs> oh, John, watch out. Sorry, I, I slipped. Ouch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So, so, the, um, so a, a knighthood is obtainable by a donation of uh, $1,000 to No Agenda. Uh, and uh, all your donations, no matter what amount. And by the way, we'll take a million dollars. No problem. Yeah, and go to noagendashow.com. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA. Go to uh, channel Dvorak slash NA. And if you uh, just want to donate to the stream, go to uh, Dvorak.org slash NAS. No Agenda Stream. And, and, that uh, and, and that's uh, accounted separately. Yeah, and if you uh, if you donate a larger amount, please also consider signing up to our five dollar a month. Yeah, I'm looking at the at the spreadsheet, John. It's not a lot of five dollar a month donations. Well, this spreadsheet, I think, well, the spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, we need to we need to get that. Yeah, we need to get more of those five dollar a month donations. I'm going to add a ten dollar a month donation for people who are more generous, uh, and I'm going to do that. Or, this or, or more capable. Let's not just say generous, but capable. Oh, yeah, I'm more capable. Or, or want to? I mean, a lot of people have taken out two five dollar a month. I mean, people can do whatever they want. Somebody we did get a couple of uh, offbeat the, the donations this month. We got four dollars and fifty three cents from uh, another uh, Lee Hebert who 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 doesn't want to be a douchebag, doesn't have a lot of money, and he just emptied out his PayPal account, which we recommend. We recommend people give us empty out their PayPal account. If it's lingering there, PayPal's just taking advantage of you. Just dump it, give it to us. Uh, or if you got a, some money from the government, you know, that would be nice. Yeah, too. or if you're breaking up with your girlfriend. And then breaking up with your girlfriend. Those are the three. Or boyfriend. Three. Or boyfriend. Or boyfriend. <laughs> and I suppose that at some point, Heather and Jeff will both be giving us more money. Yeah. 
All right. Um, I just I want to get back into some news here because this was something that uh, I kind of dive bombed when I when I tried to explain how how huge this story was, and uh, you at the time properly berated me for it. This is about the uh, manipulation of the gold and also silver market, it turns out. Oh, here we go again. And uh, Gordon Brown, who, of course, uh, uh, willingly participated as a shill, Gordon Brown being the prime minister of Gitmo Nation East, willingly participated in helping his buddies out in the financial sector by selling Britain's gold at an all-time low, uh, subsequently quadrupled in price. So here's what happened just uh, a few days ago. Uh, so there's a whistleblower in all this, John, a, a guy named Andrew McGuire, who has actually been exposing the, the details of the manipulation of gold and silver in the London commodities market. Um, so fact, he's a dead man. Well, here it comes. So he warned an investigator for the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission in advance about a gold and silver market manipulation to be undertaken by traders for J.P. Morgan Chase in February. This was publicized by the GATA, that's the Association of uh, uh, Gold uh, Traders. And they tried to off this guy in a traffic accident, T-boned the guy's car, huge chase in, uh, in London, police helicopters trying to figure it all out. The guy is a complete dead man. I mean, he didn't die yet, and hopefully he's under some form of uh, witness protection. Uh, but they totally tried to kill him. Just a few days ago, because this story is huge, absolutely huge, and I'm keeping my eye on it. Well, what do you think, uh, you know, you, if you have, if you're that guy, what do you do to protect yourself? Besides I, not bringing it, bringing it up at all, but would you, I mean, how do you, do, what do guys do, what, if you're a, like a, a, a whistleblower or you're a, revealing something like this what what methodology would here's, you here's what i would do in fact uh i'm not saying i haven't done it i would make sure that i have first of all i'd make friends with the sysadmins of the world and a lot of them listen to this show and i would make sure i have a dead man switch meaning i have one or probably a number of servers that have a nice little zip file filled with all my information all my documents and if I don't check in every, you know, 12 or 24 hours or even monthly for that matter, it doesn't matter. If I don't check in with these, with this server or bevy of servers, it fires off email to everybody. It just spams the world with my documentation. Now, that's not to say that it's, that they, that the authorities still won't try to, uh, or the Ministry of Truth won't try to snow it under, but I think that's the best thing you could do. That's about the only thing you can do. Well, I think our no agenda donors list will come in handy for that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, there is a uh, uh, the Senate passed uh, uh, the uh, Senate panel, I should say, passed the Cybersecurity Act that has a that has a kill switch language in it. Yeah, which, no, this kill switch thing has been going on for a while. This is very controversial. This is, uh, and there's a pretty good link in the show notes, uh, including uh, a PDF of the actual act, where the president, here it is, in the event of an immediate threat to strategic national interests involving compromised federal government or United States critical infrastructure information systems, the president can A, declare a cybersecurity emergency, and B, 
implement, here it is, the collaborative emergency response and restoration plans developed under paragraph one. So then you got to go back to paragraph one. This is how it works. The president shall, in collaboration with owners and operators of United States critical infrastructure information systems, sector coordinating councils and relevant governmental agencies, regulatory entities, and non-government governmental organizations, wow, develop and rehearse detailed response and restoration plans that clarify specific roles, responsibilities, and authorities of government and private sector actors during cybersecurity emergency. So I would say, essentially, that's Cisco. I think Cisco is is the one you got to watch in this because they run a lot of the Nets infrastructure and they're talking about this global skin and they've got all this stuff and they're a huge government contractor. I would say Cisco is the one that might have some some kill switch built in that essentially turns it off. I would be a, a bit surprised if you, if you couldn't send out some line of code and every Cisco router would look at this and when it comes through and say, what's this? And say, oh, I know what it is, and kill the router. Yeah, and, and sysadmins, there's by no the way. There's no doubt in my mind there's, yes. a, there's a kill switch so on those we routers. We have sysadmins and network admins uh, who are a big part of our no agenda militia slash listeners producers if you know anything let us know total anonymity in fact if you really want to make sure you're anonymous don't send any money just send us the information so we don't, so we don't screw up your name on the list <laughs> just send us the information and send it from some send it anonymously now now this plays into a speech by uh oompa loompa chief oompa loompa of the united states of europe uh, Van Rompuy, who, of course, is the unelected yet fully acting president of the United States of Europe, who spoke in uh, in Brussels. And, and I, I, I actually it's a little long, John, but I, I just want to play this and walk through it with you, because when you hear this guy speak, it is like it's like George Orwell wrote his speech. And it ties right into this cybersecurity and the kill switch. You want to have a little listen? Go. Okay, here it comes. This is Hermann von Rompuy. 18 months ago, people on this side of the Atlantic were not happy with the collapse of the first Lehman Brothers either. We have a responsibility for issues that affect the other as well. So let's work together on financial and banking regulation. I should like to mention two other fronts of insecurity, climate change, and cybercrime. Okay, so there it comes. So this guy is, of course, all about global governance, which is... Oh, yeah, global governance, global governance, global governance. Yeah. So we have to work through that on climate change, which, by the way, it's still happening. There's nothing changed. There's no documentation, nothing no, to no, show. No, it's part of, the, it's part of a, a very rigid agenda. Yeah, it's climate change and cybersecurity. This is the one to keep our eye on. In the mythical past... That mythical, mythical, he means mythical. Listen to what he's comparing it to. famous empire of Atlantis was engulfed by the sea. Let's take this as a right, metaphor. Wait, 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 stop. I know, I knew you'd love it. It's beautiful. What? In he's the talking myth- about Atlantis? Oh, yeah, it was engulfed by the sea due to global warming. Oh, of global course. warming. Oh, okay, yeah, never yeah, mind. Go global, on. global warming. Yeah, here we go. In the mythical past, the famous empire of Atlantis was engulfed by the sea. Let's take this as a metaphor for climate change. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I'm speechless. 
I thought you were a crackpot. Yeah. <laughs> planet from climate catastrophe and the resulting global insecurity is a daunting task. But in name of Atlantis, Europe and America should take up the challenge together. The European Union and United States should lead the way in green technology. Together we can set the norms and standards, not only in climate politics, but also... Hear that one? Climate, po- climate, climate politics? politics, yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy, this guy is, he's the true reptilian evil leader. Climate politics, my butt. Not only in climate politics, but also in the technology-related regulation. It is the best chance we have, so to the rest of the world, will follow suit. A transatlantic cooperation is needed on an industrial carbon market and the global industrial carbon market. These words, yep, this, this yep, is yep. beautiful. Yeah, this is laying it all out. By the way, this is the Obama of Europe, and his uh, constituency is what, like 75 million more than the United States? It's huge. I think it's like 450, something like uh, that. More than that. Okay, so it's more, 150 million more. It's huge. Global verification and compliance regime. Compli- glad- compliance. Shut up, slave. Compliance regime. To announce that in the today's European Council, all heads of state or government agreed we should work closely with the United States on climate issues. Our societies live by the grace of a free flow of goods, people and information. Networks are the arteries of the global economy. Here it comes. Networks are the arteries of the global economy. They are vulnerable. Think of the internet and telecommunication, banking and money transfer systems, airports and energy grids. Cyber attacks against the nodes of modern life are no fantasy. They can happen and do happen every day. This changes our perspective on security. To quote a very valuable recent study on EU-US relations, the goal of ensuring territorial integrity must be complemented by a goal of securing the critical functions of our society. this, This guy creeps me out. Well, you know, this is interesting because in the, I think it was at the Heritage Foundation, uh, John Bolton gave another one of these speeches. And I, you know, I never liked that guy, the Bolton, the, he was the UN ambassador under Bush because he seemed like a jerk, especially with the reports of him. But I, I could be wrong. The guy turns out to be a very interesting public speaker. And he, and I, I'll, I'll have it on the next show. I'll make some clips that some of the things he said, but he just believes that th- this European Union is a, is a scam designed to, take away American sovereignty in any way it can and the global warming he, which, and he doesn't say he's not even a skeptic about global warming he just says if there's a problem we can do it ourselves we don't need to be doing these crazy treaties they've been sneaking up on us they're telling us about our own, they're, they're, they're actually taking precedent over American law he's talking about the criminal court and the world criminal court and all the rest of it and it just keeps coming at us trying to and, and the liberals in this country are basically lockstep with this global, you know, the global governance idea. So we don't, we essentially just, we didn't form this country, the United States of America to be part of Europe. They specifically left Europe for a reason. And why do we want to get back in bed with them when all they do is, you know, they always results in some sort of a war. They're, you know, they're the ones who start all the wars when it comes down to, and it's going to happen again. And, 
I, it's just baffling to me, but I'll get to Bolton stuff. If you have, don't have anything else to say, I've got one clip that kind of applies to this. Sure, sure. I mean, and this, the whole clip, by the way, is of course, is in the show notes at NoAgenda. I think you should play that whole clip in its entirety, unedited at the end of the show. Okay, uh, uh, a good idea. I shall do that. So, uh, talking about climate change, I wish I had written down the guy's name, but there's another one of these black, uh, uh, black conservatives. There's a bunch of them. They get on the, they get on the talk shows as kind of the token black conservative, but most of them are extremely erudite and smarter than most of the talk show hosts, especially on uh, MSNBC, where, for example, Chris, Chris Matthews is on with Ron Reagan, uh, who is, uh, notoriously, uh, uninformed about everything. Um, <laughs> And he uh, and and this is an example of a casual conversation that went off the track. And this is what happens with liberals. And I'm always reminded of the story I was told about how, you know, liberals, they, they, they I hate to use even the term liberal, but they they they, they they're in little group. They, they stay within their own groups and they start and they, they all develop group think. And if any and they all like somebody said, I'm always surprised that George Bush got elected. I don't know anyone who voted for him. This is a typical kind of thing thinking of the liberal because they they they're, they're insular and and when somebody comes in with an with a kind of an opinion that's that differs from their lockstep opinion that they're told to believe they shout them down this is chris matthews ron reagan and a black guy which i'm sorry i don't have his name uh, who who's very he has to hold his own against them when he brings up the climate change issue here it goes in the interest of this country everybody knows the same thing basically there is a climate change problem anybody who reads the paper thinks knows somewhere down the line number two the man has something to do with Number two. And number three, we're going to stop depending on Arab oil or we're crazy. OK, well, so you got to uh, do something about it. Right. And is yes. the president doing something? He is doing something. You say everyone who knows anything says that there's global climate change. I think there's serious scientific disputes of whether or not that is actually viable. But let me address your you question. You really challenge it? Of course, I really challenge it. I think you've had uh, we've seen what happened in East Anglia over in England where they discredited the scientific research of these people. I think that it is a gimmick. There was a lot uh, of there people. Yeah, there are people. Well, they the, question. The there are people who question evolution. That doesn't mean there is evolution. Oh, Chris, oh, wait a second. So we're supposed to take scientists who have a fiduciary interest in this that could benefit them. Go. Oh, fiduciary interest. Nice. Nice. Good word. This, Some of their this, grants. Is, this is party yet, line. Oh, no, this isn't party line. This is actually, I've researched this. Why should we take hook, line, and sinker with what some of these environmentalists have said about global climate change? Why don't we have an honest debate? Why don't we have the conservative voices because because the left actually addressing because this? Because the weather because in Boston right now, the last X many years, is the same as it used to be in Philadelphia. Oh, oh, and, and let's it's see, getting Chris. warmer and warmer. Oh, and country. it was sure warm here on the East Coast. We had blizzards. Yeah. It was one of the it was one of the uh, coldest well, that, winters that, on that, record. Now Before you're discrediting yourself, Ron. Come on. Ron Ron actually, actually, Ron Reagan, I'm actually making my point. It was one of the coldest winters okay, we've we had. Here on you're making a point, but it's one that discredits I, you. No, it doesn't discredit well, I mean, Ron me. Reagan, your thoughts. Run. Well, listen, weather is not climate, so let's forget about it. Climate oh, okay. change Weather's doesn't even climate. have to be part of the... It isn't. It isn't, Ron, oh, okay. and you know it as well as I do. Well, we're not talking about well, one year. We're talking about so, a but, trend But forget line. about climate change for the moment, because we don't even have to discuss climate change. We can discuss national security here. Everybody knows, forget about climate change, everybody knows the future is in solar and wind and <gasps> renewable, sustainable energy sources. That's where we have to be going now. Oh, I take such exception to that. That's such, Isn't it unbelievable? That's bullshit. 
shit. How about nuclear? There's all well, kinds. Actually, they, 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 the, the guy, the Republican there, he, he mentions that too. And then they jump him up, jump on him for that. It's, in fact, is the clip still, is there yeah, still, yeah, I, thought, yeah, I got, I got half a minute left. Let's, let's play the rest. Not, in, not to the past. We got to be going to the 21st century, not the 19th. Now, Ron Reagan, here's where I agree with you. I agree with all those, but you need to add one more component to that. You need to add nuclear energy. France has over 80% of their domestic supplies supplied by nuclear energy. How come the only I, thing you guys like about the French is nuclear energy? That's about the You never thing. say one good thing about the French on any topic. You don't eat the French fries. You make fun of their freedom fries. See? Uh, <laughs> you, you oh, my God. Anyway, this is an example of being shouted down. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for having any uh, any kind of thoughtful uh, consideration whatsoever, you just get shouted down by these guys, and that's how this whole thing—the science is in. Everybody agrees. Anybody, Matthew says, anyone who reads a newspaper agrees. In other words, the scientists not don't. The scientists don't, don't only agree, but anyone who reads a newspaper also agrees. So everybody agrees except idiots. And the funny thing is they have these memes that they keep putting out. Arab oil, Arab oil. We don't even use it. Why don't they be honest about it and say it's Alberta oil? Most of the oil from, in the United States that we use is from Alberta, Canada, and Venezuela. We have very little oil from Saudi Arabia, very little. And then they throw this, this, this nasty little comment about, oh, well, if you don't believe in global warming, you don't believe in evolution either, which is a re- ridiculous, specious jump, leap of faith. That's a chicken shit thing to do. You know, Matthew should be ashamed of himself for even being on the air with this kind of crap. John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. Indeed. And let me just lay one more on top of it. Puenta Arenas, Chile. Famed global warming activist James Schneider and a journalist friend were both found frozen to death on Saturday, about 90 miles from South Pole Station by the pilot of a ski plane practicing emergency evacuation procedures. Uh, there what? were two Yeah. So they'd been planning a trip to an ice sheet to film the devastation brought on by global warming, and they froze to death. It gets, it gets worse. They, so they, the pilot took a picture of two snowmobiles with cargo sleds, a tent, and a bright orange rope that had been laid out on the ice forming the words, help dash cold. So, I mean, it, it can't get more ironic than that. It's not only ironic, but I mean, this to me it just indicates the naivete of some of these scientists regarding anything that they would go and put themselves into this sort of a situation. You don't go to the Antarctic, uh, two guys on a, on a couple of snowmobiles, and expect that <laughs> this is like part. With you know, a no problem <laughs> with a hoodie. I've been to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Now the the. Uh... By the way, you know, Matthew's on that same show. Uh, he did he did something. This is a little aside. It's kind of a real news uh, item. But he, he they, apparently some research was do, done on who, what kind of sports fans Republicans are versus uh, Democrats. And I thought this was real interesting. And he kind of glossed it over because once he saw the list, he just kind of shot through it. The Republicans, the, the main three sports that each group likes, you take Republicans and Democrats. Uh, Republicans, number one was golf, which, you know, is okay. Right. Number two is college football. 
Mm-hmm. And number three, Republicans in general, NASCAR, and then he kind of scoffed at, well, you know, what do you expect? You know, even though golf and college football are reasonable. Well, do you have any idea what number one was for the Democrats? Um, oh, never mind. You never guess it in a million years. Uh, curling? Number one. Sports would any. By the way, most Democrats don't even like sports, from what I can tell. Even though I used to be a Democrat, um, WNBA <laughs> women's, yeah, women's professional basketball. basketball is the number one <laughs> sport that Democrats like. Number two is the regular NBA, the men, and number three is the World Wrestling Association. <laughs> you know, you know what I like, and I, I of course am a constitutionalist. I like women's field hockey. <laughs> women's field hockey is a hot sport because they've got those little skirts on that flap up and show their kind of like their butt when they're running. No, I don't the field. think it's a bunch of horn dogs watching WNBA. Uh-huh. I think they're a bunch of pussy whip males that have that their girlfriends are, <laughs> are very domineering and they make them. I, and then you're taking that survey, you're putting WNBA on it. That's I mean, you funny. see these guys in Berkeley. I don't want to go into this to any extreme because I start to sound like a kind of a, a a, a douchebag. A hater. But a hater. You've yeah. seen these guys in Berkeley. Anyone who lives in this area, you've seen it. Two women who are obviously partners and their man walking down the street. They're kind. Of, they're not holding hands, but they're yakking with each other, and they're obviously into each other. And the guy has got a baby on a baby carrier in the front of one of the front ones, and he's trudging along behind the two of them. I have seen this so often in this area, and that's the WNBA uh, people. crowd. <laughs> I have a new hero I'd like to point out, John. Um, Jason Matera, who uh, so far has only posted one YouTube video, but it was pointed out to me, and it's, it is so outstanding. In this case, it has to do with uh, the health care bill, and I do want to talk about a couple pharma things. Uh, he... Um, I have to say, essentially hijacks Al Franken in the hallways. Uh, yeah, you know, I Capitol. saw this. I thought it was pretty lame, personally. Well, I liked. Well, you know, he the video he misses a couple things because what he does, is he pulls some interesting information out of the healthcare bill, and he says, "Look, this uh, this language essentially means that seven billion dollars will be set aside for jungle gyms." And I have to agree with him there. And then there's a. Uh, um, a clause about uh, time off for expressing uh, breast milk, i.e., when you know, how much time women should have to uh, breastfeed their children during working hours. Yeah, no, I thought the the two points were well taken. I just thought the way he handled it with the with the uh, high, with the uh, ambush, I thought was poorly done. It was very unprofessional, and I don't think it proved anything. Except Franken was, you know, trying to get to his office, and he was being pestered by this character. I, I was not t- blown away by this by this particular clip. Well, the things I liked is one the uh, the douchebags hanging around the senator, and how the senator then says, "Hey." You know, let me answer the guy. And, of course, the guy is interruptive. The guy uh, doesn't let him say a thing. No. The, guy's, the guy's a douchebag. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Um, because he has all the right elements, doesn't quite pull it off. But the two things I just want to play briefly are the funny thing where, where Franken tells him to shut up. <laughs> and then the, there's one other funny thing that I really like. Oh, he has a book out. Oh, okay. I get it. It's a little promo for his book at the beginning of the clip. Here. 
Okay, Senator Franken, Jason Matera. Appreciate your remarks in there. You were awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, I was wondering, which are portions of the health care bill lower costs? Is it the provision giving $7 billion to fund jungle gyms or the provision <laughs> mandating that employers provide time off for breastfeeding? Uh, I, you should know. Jump, give me the jungle gym. Right here. So th- this is where the guy screws up because he's, you know, he doesn't really explain the jungle gyms well. Although the point is well made. The jungle gyms. Yeah. Is on one one eight four. Yeah, show it to me right now. Okay. One one eight four. See, then he does the the edit showing the bill, which is unfortunate for the reality of the clip. And it is to provide physical activity opportunities to promote healthy lifestyle. So why is that the job okay, of the federal government? Why is that the job of the federal no, government? And okay, to create me, an army of monkey bars? Go ahead, answer if, it. If, no, no, you have to. Go ahead, answer it. You have to shut up right now. <laughs> Franken was pretty quick with the shut up on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I would be too. I mean, the guy's a, a chatterbox. He won't. He says, "Answer, answer," and then you start to answer. He says, "Answer, answer." I mean, this guy's a douchebag. Well, I mean, this, this is a this, ridiculous promotion no, for his book. The, the, the and minute, yeah, okay, he's, he made a couple good points too. Let, wait, let me just. I, I don't want to belabor it. I just want the the funniest thing that cracked me up is coming up now. And so now they're walking up the stairs. He tells them to shut up. All right, and listen to me. Go ahead. Instead of interrupting me every sure. time I say something, okay? I'm listening. So how is it the job of the federal government sure. a to oh, provide infrastructure? Questions right now. The Senate for a healthy not lifestyle. Questions right now. Okay, and the breastfeeding here position. Sir, excuse me. The, the breastfeeding is not taking questions. The, the no, breastfeeding. I just want to answer one question, yeah. please. And if you would just stop talking for a Senator second. Smalley, I'm listening. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Senator Smalley. <laughs> Come yeah, on. Oh, right. that, yeah, was, that was quite funny. That was funny. So, so, uh, so unfortunately, the guy has the right. The you know he has the right stuff except he he screws it up by being a in fact I will have to do it right now douchebag too bad too yeah. bad he, he had a real opportunity there to catch uh, Franken off guard who clearly doesn't know about the jungle gyms well I mean you know I don't think half the senators have read the bill they still probably haven't ex- people going through the text so uh, I got a couple of- yeah just I just want to thank two people and then. Uh, definitely, you have a lot of interesting clips, I think, here. Uh, Willem Trump for sending me uh, tons of links uh, before every show. I appreciate it. I spend about an hour and a half on his email alone. And uh, there is a, a website, which I'll put in the links, DutchNoAgendaMeeting.com, as uh, apparently uh, the first uh, meetup of uh, No Agenda listeners is being uh, coordinated in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Yeah, that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to make that meeting. If they do it in September, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you, you got to do these things when you September's a nice time to be there. Oh, and also I want to congratulate uh, noagendaforums.com on their uh, first, earned, uh, first anniversary, which I think was last Thursday. Yeah, congratulations. We have a lot of independent things going on, which I think is cool. Uh, so the Toyota uh, bull crap is continuing. Mm-hmm. Now they I, there's a story I they saw it on the news last night. Uh, they're not. <laughs> did you just get, this is about the Rav Four, like their little puddle jumper that had apparently some transmit. A couple of them have had transmissions problems, and the Toyota's actually gone out of their way to fix the transmissions, and in some cases, taken the transmissions out and given them whole new transmissions. And one woman had two transmissions replaced, and she's complaining about this. And I'm, you know, I one of the guys. Uh, 
that used to be on the to Silicon Spin Show was the guy who wrote the. I get for some reason my name is, is a, his name is eluding me, but he uh, uh, wrote the Le- Lemon Laws, and he taught told me about all these different car companies and how they screw over the uh, various users. And of all the companies, Toyota is definitely not in that category of of, of, of screwing over buyers. But listen to this report and see. Tell me it's not biased. Two years before Karen Milligan's incident. When I found out there was a service bulletin, I got even angrier. A Toyota spokesman told CBS 5 Investigates that some RAV4s had what they call a drivability issue with harsh shifting. And the company has worked with customers to correct any problems. Harsh there have been shifting. no reports of it. Yeah, what is that, harsh shifting? That means it get jerks when it goes from one gear to another. Or maybe it's hard to put it into gear. No, I think harsh shifting is is exactly what I it's described. Like a clutch, uh, clutch issue. Well, yeah, but no, it's an automatic. So it goes from oh, second. Oh, boom! You get boom. Your, okay, your, gotcha, gotcha. Is that a mercury clutch problem? Got it. Injuries and Toyota says it's not a safety issue, but the Milligans couldn't disagree more. It was a safety issue for me at that moment. Yes. Granted, the transmission going out is nothing compared to this unexplained acceleration issue. But it's still hazardous nonetheless. Especially since late last year, their transmission had to be changed out again. This time, Toyota replaced it at no cost. But the Milligans believe their car should have been recalled. If they know that there's a flaw, they should take care of it. And they didn't take care of it. Now, we also checked with the government about this problem. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration told us it's aware of the issue, it's monitoring it, but so far has not opened an investigation. Anna Werner, CBS 5 Investigate. In other words, the story's bogus. Yeah, exactly. But let's get a little another jab into to Toyota for their, uh, yeah. you know, their acceleration problem. And this one woman who says, "I don't know why they didn't recall." Why? Re, what do you mean recall? You had your transmission swapped out. What does the car need to be recalled yeah. for? This sounds to me, and actually, uh, one of our producers who is a real producer at a television station sent us a real nice overview of how how this works at local the local news level. This is totally some prepackaged news report. That is just sent in, and uh, and they put some some woman on the street somewhere in front of a Toyota dealership, and then they roll out the package. It's total setup. That's your so they're news. still hounding Toyota. That's your news. All right. So uh, anyway, that's my. I just thought, thought I'd throw that in to keep because I don't think this is ending anytime soon. No. All right. So we have. Uh, so uh, this week, I want to do a series of clips from. Uh, Law uh, Dick Wolf's Law and Order uh, Special Victims Unit. Now th- I got a lot of tweets and emails about this one. This one ha- was a this one actually, by the way, for a show that says all people are fictitious and da 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 da. At the beginning, why are they mentioning O'Reilly, Glenn Beck, and Rush Limbaugh? There, this is about a guy. Uh, there's some nutcase in New York that's been killing uh, girls because they're immigrants or something, or they or they're the child of immigrants and it's, it's allowed them to stay in the country. So they figure he figures if he kills the girls and they have to deport these people. It turns out, of course, the guy's been a douchebag all along. But meanwhile, he blames it on this talk show host Garrison, I think is his name, who who seems to be kind of a I would say he's maybe a little bit of a Michael Savage, but because the only reason I say that is because Michael Savage wasn't listed with all the rest of them in the uh, in the laundry list, and. Uh, 
and and he's inside. He's supposedly in, create brainwash the guy with his radio or TV show, the TV show. Brainwash the guy, and the only reason he did all these murders is because of this character. So I want to play. We're going to play. There's five clips, and it kind of takes you along the lines of the uh, story as it concludes but more but the clips are specifically selected because there's there's elements of propaganda dick wolf propaganda that is foisted on the audience in a very interesting and subtle way so we'll start with brainwash clip number one right. is any reason to incarcerate him no but three counts of murder are i'll remand the defendant parents of this city will sleep better tonight oh right, well you know what they should because a real criminal is still at large you're claiming he didn't do it? No, I'm just saying he wasn't responsible. He was brainwashed. <laughs> Gordon Garrison made him do it? Is this a joke? Persistent viewing of the program Flashpoint convinced my client that undocumented immigrants pose a threat to national security. We better watch out, Your Honor. I hear listening to NPR will turn us all into zombies. Mock me, but hate speech from authority figures is the greatest danger to this country since McCarthyism, Your Honor. There are ample legal precedents for a brainwashing defense. I'll allow it. Really? Is, the, is that true, do you think? Are there real, uh, is there jurisprudence for brainwashing? Uh, I would assume so. Huh. But whatever the case is, we have what we have here is a, is a uh, there's there's actually a meme that shows up in here that I didn't even notice until I heard it. And as soon as I heard it, I said, oh, my God, I just heard this on the radio a few minutes ago. And I heard it yesterday and I heard it the day before and I heard it. And you'll when it comes along, I'll see if you can identify it. But there, this is essentially a show that is trying to uh, it, it is, you know, besides being, you know, there's always the anti-gun control angle on, on these shows uh, or, or not anti-gun control, I mean, gun control angle. And there's also a free speech uh, should be limited. Uh, oh, yeah. This is the, uh, uh, the fairness doctrine, which uh, is cropping and up again. And fairness doctrine. This yeah. is all there's a right. That's I didn't even think of that. But you're right. That's in play, too. So they have a bunch of points of information in play in this show. And they're all interestingly presented in a very dramatic way. Like I said, these are the guys who get paid the, you the, know, the, bucks, get the real money, for, uh, the real money. This is yeah. the guys, these are the pros writing this and, stuff. And by the they, way, I, I love the, oh, yeah, right. And listening to NPR, our national treasure, will make us all zombies. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, it's true. <laughs> yes, that's true. The next clip? Are we going to the next yeah. one here? Okay. Yeah, next. Brainwashed? Thaggart is a bigoted loser trying to dodge a life sentence. Well, the jury see it that way. Well, that defense didn't work for Patty Hearst. She was a bit more sympathetic than Joe Thaggart. Princess Patty wouldn't have picked up a machine gun if the SLA hadn't screwed with her cerebellum. She would probably get off if she was tried today. But in 1976, no one had heard of Stockholm Syndrome or the Reverend Jim Jones. Jim Jones brainwashed his followers to drink the Kool-Aid. Thaggart has never even met Gordon Garrison. Not to mention millions of people have watched Flashpoint. They wouldn't hurt a fly. But Garrison's not on trial. All the jury can consider is whether Thaggart was nuts. And we're sure he isn't. Come on, he knew exactly what he was doing. So does Carver. I was flipping through the channels last night. He was on every news show promoting himself. That's the point. Before the Internet and the 24-hour news cycle, kooks could Xerox pamphlets. Now any crackpot can get on television and get millions of lemmings to jump off any cliff they tell him to. So hate speech has a wider reach. It hasn't caused the murder rate to spike. Yet, did you know that the Department of Homeland Security issued a report on the rise in right-wing extremism after... After Obama's election. Can we just leave the brother out of it much? All I'm saying is we oh. got to take these radical fringe groups seriously. It's a fractal. Fra 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 there's a huge fractal in there. 
which I really love. Well, it's like they're talking about the media brainwashing people while they're actually brainwashing people with the media. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that really works. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know that is a fractal. Um, there's a bunch of messages in there. I think most people that listen to our show can identify them. You know, you have the <clears throat> they do also throw a piece of fact that, you know, they, some writer had some a conscious conscience. He, he looked at Wikipedia, you mean? Well, no, he had a conscience to say that, that because even though there's all this stuff going on, supposedly, the, the murder rate hasn't spiked. Right. But they slipped that in. <laughs> the one detective says that. And then the black guy says, yet. Right afterwards. Right. Yet. In other words, nothing's changed yet. Yes. So we always use yet. that word yet yeah, to yeah, yeah. mean it's going to. It's happening. So anyway, so there's a bunch of stuff. That clip was just too rich with, with material uh, to, to totally analyze. And we haven't gotten to the the the, the, um, the, 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 the killer. gems here. The gem, so yeah. I have, I don't see clip three on there. Can, Let's I, can, go I, to just, can I just interrupt you, John, and just say, well done, my friend. I mean, you've you've. First of all, you sat through that drivel, then then you analyze it, then you spliced it up. How how no wonder you were late this morning. This is like three hours worth of work. <laughs> so uh, wait one second. Uh, let me take one look. On, I have a uh, clip number three. Uh, you have a clip three. I don't see it. Yeah, I have. A oh clip yeah, there three. it is. Brainwash three. Right. Play that. Okay. I used to get in your cage, rattle. Huh? Score one for Miss oh, Stop! Stop! I gotta set this up. Okay. They had the first hearing, and then the the lawyer, who's the guy with the southern accent, who's actually uh, what's the actor comedian? I can't remember his name from New Orleans with his with his original voice, I guess. Um, he got shut down on something, and and you know wasn't winning. He missed on a motion or something. So now he's sitting outside sulking, and the and the cop comes by to to harass him, which always happens, of course, in a legal yeah, situation. Of course, that's what cops do. Hey, slave, how you doing? Play? Yeah, hit it. I used to get in your cage rattle, huh? Score one for Ms. Cabot. But I haven't brought out the big guns yet. I don't get why you're defending this wacko. Faggot's a symptom, not the disease. That symptom killed three kids. Garrison, Limbaugh, Beck, O'Reilly, all of them, they are like a cancer spread in ignorance and hate. I mean, they've convinced folks that immigrants are the problem, not corporations that failed to pay a living wage or a broken health care system. Save the soapbox, Randy. The cameras aren't even running. I ain't doing this for the attention. I get enough of that already. Then why are you wasting your time on this loser? Oh, man. <laughs> Another one. The cameras aren't even running. I love it. These guys are awesome. And the, Yeah, the cameras aren't running. Well, oh. then what are we watching? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, because, but that is mind control right there. Like, yeah, man, there's not even cameras. So it must really be true what he's saying. You know, it's like evil corporations, man. And he calls out O'Reilly, Beck, Beck, and Limbaugh. Oh, and, and what does he actually call him? He calls him, uh, we'll play that part again. I mean, Limbaugh, he calls Beck, him. Uh, O'Reilly, all of them. They're like a cancer. Oh. Spread in ignorance and hate. I mean, they've convinced there you go. a cancer spreading ignorance and hate. Wow. I think that's legal. I think that they could sue. Them. I think they should sue. Those three guys should get a lawyer and sue this, sue the Dick Wolf production company over that. That is totally slanderous. That's pretty heavy, man. I mean, that's like, that's like. And it's bogus, too. The thing that's bad about it is that. They don't even. They haven't talked about immigration for over a year or two. I mean, that topic is left. No, that ship no, left. no, 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 no. I think you're incorrect here. I think it's about to pop up. That this is a precursor. 
opportunity. There are people demonstrating outside Capitol Hill about immigration as recent as last week. This is popping up. I think this is timed. It's timed with some congressional hearing or something that's going on. And they're and they're setting people. They're putting the mind control in early. Well, that now you might be right. And the thing that, you know, especially the liberals have done is they've liked to keep people from listening to those three guys in particular. Um, uh, Beck, of course, is kind of a crazy guy. Limbaugh is basically a deconstructionist who, and he's, and he's spotty. He's not always good. He's a, you know, he's a classic talk show guy. Uh, O'Reilly is actually the, the number one show on cable for a reason. It's an extremely well written show. O'Reilly is kind of a goofball. And, the, and the show has, uh, you watch it. I don't watch it all the time. I watch it enough though to know that this show is, it, it brought a, you know, Stephen Colbert to make a kind of a, a, a a daily mockery of the show because the show is so well produced that you can, you know, it's, 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 you can actually, I'm actually stunned by the production of that show. It doesn't look like a slick show, but it's extremely it slick. Yeah, it's pretty slick. And, um, what's interesting anyway. is the chat room is having uh, quite a debate about this, uh, and people are actually saying, dude, this is fiction. It's not real. But this is the point. You have to understand that this is how it works. This is exactly this is how fiction. brain. If it's fiction, why do they name O'Reilly, Limbaugh? You yeah. Know? This is yeah, the story is fiction, but they called out the real guys. Yeah, uh, this is interesting. What's for? You have to set it up or? No, I don't think so. Single broadcast. Wetbacks, camel jockeys. You even refer to people from Canada as Mexicans with sweaters. I call them like I see them. That's why we love you, Gordon. Real Americans love Gordon Garrison. Real Americans think he's a fascist bitch. Quiet in my courtroom. Thank you, Your Honor. So you have the right to say anything you want to on the air. God bless the First Amendment. Ah, yeah, but free speech does have its... Limits. Oh. I mean, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can if the building's burning. Ah. And make no mistake, this country is ablaze. Ah. <laughs> okay. A, what a gem! I love that. This is this is totally setting up uh, the fairness doctrine, which, for those of you who don't know, is the idea of equal airtime, which was dismissed. And uh, I think right after the yeah, right after the healthcare uh, bill passed, uh, I heard a lot of noise of people like, oh, you know, boom! Now I need to, to implement the the fairness doctrine. Yeah, so you, well, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm all, it, it, if it gets Rachel Maddow off the air, I'm kind of you're all for it. Yeah, <laughs> all for it. <laughs> so the, the the meme that I spotted in there because I just heard it earlier, like a few hours earlier, and I heard it, remember hearing it over and over again for the past few weeks. Wait, is, don't tell me, don't tell me. Can I? Is it in this last clip? Yeah, it was in the no. It's in the clip you just heard. Uh, Mexicans with sweaters. No, that's a good one. Though. <laughs> that's my favorite. Mexicans <laughs> with sweaters. From now on, <laughs> Those Canadians are Mexicans with sweaters. Camel jockeys. I, I heard know. that. I, I listen to right wing talk radio, and no one that I know has I've never ever heard suggested that, that Canadians that. are Mexicans with sweaters. Well, that's it's bogus. Fiction, they made that John. Up. It's fiction, John. It's not real. What's so, the meme? Fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have been that hearing that more often. I, you guys talk about free speech and stuff. Well, you, you, know, if, you know, there are limitations. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. There are limitations. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. There are limitations. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. I keep hearing that over and over and over and over. Interesting. 
So there's, you know, this is a method they're trying. The roof, the roof is on fire. They want to abridge our free speech rights in this country, and it's got something to do with this internationalism, the global thing that that creep from Belgium. Who knows? Because they don't have you know the same rights we have, and they want to take our rights away. It's just that simple. It's not that difficult to figure yeah. out. Shut up, now, slave. Now here's the thing. That's the, this is the last clip. This is the 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 the. the prosecuting attorney going off on this character garrison uh well he's up on the stand essentially uh blowing her own case up and what's curious i don't have another clip after this but what's curious is after she blows up the case because they find the guy not guilty because she basically blows up the case here and then they do it they have a a a, uh a, thing, a little meeting at the end where they discuss how we lose the case. Nobody ever says you lost the case, you idiot, with this with this cross examination. Uh, but that, that's never suggested in the uh, post mortem. It's just pretty funny. But anyway, this is the end of the uh, whole thing. Mr. Garrison, have you ever met the defendant? No, I have not. Had him as a caller on your show, signed an autograph for him, received fan mail from him. No, no, and no. Then what do you think of the defense's contention that you brainwashed him? Hogwash. Pure and simple. Folks, I'm just a social thermometer. Taking the temperature of the people. Rectally? 88 Cabot. That's all right, Judge. Alex here doesn't have to agree with me. By the way, that's some pretty bad acting going on here. (laughs) Oh, this is without exception bad. bad. Just like Voltaire said. She may disapprove of what I say, but she'll defend to the death my right to say it. Did Voltaire say that? She points this out. And, and if you're going to misquote somebody, Voltaire, give Vol- me a I break. Mean, really, okay, at least I'm not nuts. Okay, That wasn't Voltaire. Oh, right. As usual, you're playing fast and loose with the truth. Well, wait here now, Miss Cabot. Exactly whose side are you on? The truth. And the truth is your views compel me to do nothing more than reach for a barf bag. Mr. Carver thinks that you're a god to your followers, but all I see is an impotent man spewing hate to line his pockets. Watch your tone, sweetheart. Or what? You'll do what to me, Mr. Garrison? You are a powerless buffoon, an entertaining clown. Half the people who watch your show only do so to laugh at you. No one takes you seriously. You're going to let her talk to me that way? You go to hell, bitch! She's telling the truth! Gordon Garrison is wrecking your mouth! I want those people out! Tune in next week. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, there's another military helicopter. It is the worst piece oh of propagandistic crap I have seen on the show. Uh, I mean, wow. it was entertaining from the perspective that it was... Uh, it, it, there were moments of humor, but you know, it was set up. It was like anti-militia. The, these guys, you know, I don't believe for a minute that even. I mean, this, this kind of like uh, this is a hinting that the Tea Party people are like this. You know, there's a lot of news about the Tea Party people over the last couple of weeks about they can't spell. There's a lot of memes they're trying to p- promote. They can't spell, and they and they and there's somebody pointed out, and I do have this clip not today, but I'll bring it out on Sunday. One of the. Uh, uh, 
uh, Goldberg, actually, I think he was on uh, O'Reilly, pointed out that, you know, the thing about the N-word being used 16 times and, you know, at, the, at a Tea Party event and somebody shouting it to some poor black uh, uh, House of Representatives member uh, – he said, you know, with everybody with all their pocket cameras and movie cameras and and everything, and the place is crawling with the uh, network people. Nobody caught this on tape. Yeah, Nobody amazing. has any evidence that it ever happened. Yeah, it's amazing. you know, it's probably bogus. Who knows who's got you know the sign the signage? Who knows who's doing these signs? You know that got all this weird stuff on them. This is purely, this is all, you know, Axelrod is in, from the old school of dirty politics where you, you, you know, you got it. There's an event taking, there's an event going on. I would do this. You have a big event going on. <laughs> We're going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> there's a big event going on. So you go, you join up with it and you bring your own signage and you, and you, the signs are all misspelled and you look like an idiot and you, you know, you black out one of your teeth. So you really look stupid. And if somebody luckily, if you get lucky into some, you know, some reporter comes by to ask you something, you say the worst stuff you can, you just plant this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, it doesn't take a genius to do this and it's done commonly. Yeah. I mean, Nixon used to do this stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's just a. I mean, I just can't buy any of it. It's just really pathetic. And then the shows like this just make it worse. Basically, telling people not to listen to the talk show guys. They're evil, and you know, and this kind of thing goes on. And all the these radicals, the, the militias. And well, all I, the well, I agree on that. Don't you should not be. You know what? I get more email from people saying I've stopped watching television. Certainly, television news. I'm not interested. I get enough from No Agenda, which, by the way, can bum me out. Which is not the point of us doing this show. Uh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't watch it because it's you know you, you get a good get a good movie from time to time and uh, and and turn it off because it's just it's just mind control. This is 1984. You got the screen in the kitchen. You got the screen in the living room, and it's just mind controlling you. And the real news is not being reported. And we've got we've got to wrap this up, John, because we are about to run long. I I do have a couple of pertinent pieces of information. I would be remiss if I didn't get them out. Shadow puppet theater. You uh, realize that uh, President Obama put a lot of uh, people in place right after the health care bill. Uh, a lot of uh, he, he uh, essentially, since there were no Senate confirmations on a lot of uh, appointments that needed to be made, there's some, I guess there's some way that the president can say, okay, uh, I knight thee. And he just puts people in charge of stuff without yeah. Senate confirmation. I didn't know this was possible, but it is. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, President Obama, in the recess, appointed uh, Islam Siddiqui to be chief agricultural negotiator in the U.S. in the office of the U.S. Trade Representative. And uh, what you need to know about this guy is that he is essentially a lobbyist for the pesticide, pesticide uh, industry. Hmm. For Crop Life America, formerly known as National Agricultural Chemicals Association, which essentially lobbies to weaken the Endangered Species Act, Clean Water Act, because, you know, hey, who cares if you get sick from our shit? So he is now uh, confirmed by the president as the agricultural negotiator for the office of the U.S. Trade Representative. Very nice. Very nice. Nice appointment. And then... We have another appointment. Um, this uh, these are called recess confirmations. Recess, con- yeah. Um, what is this guy's name? 
uh, Harold Varmus is now the director of the National Cancer Institute. This is a nomination. I don't know if it's a confirmation or a nomination done uh, last Wednesday by the, the White House. And uh, in 1990s. What's the National Cancer Institute got to do with anything? Uh, That's a government agency? Well, somehow the White House, uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, the. the, the Let's the, look into that one. The president also gets to nominate or uh, approve of the. Uh, the. 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 the the director general of the Federal Reserve, which is not a government agency. So, you know, this stuff happens. Um, so this guy is very, this is actually fascinating what this, what, what's happening with this guy. In 95, he was the director of the National Institutes of Health. He struck the reasonable pricing clause, which essentially removed all caps from pricing on cancer drugs. So now this guy... <laughs> fantastic this guy is the guy who removed the caps on the cancer drugs and now he's in the national cancer institute and he's going to be shepherding everybody and everything in and this guy just shows up on the the puppet shadow shadow puppet theater radar screen while everyone's on recess or whatever it is. Yep, this is this is just great. And there's like 13 more, which I, I have a lot well, of them Let's go over this. those on the next show, yeah, but you know, this does to get depressing. And um, actually, there's one that kind of hits uh, close to home. One of my aunts has been diagnosed with uh, mouth cancer and esophageal cancer, which sucks. And we have someone else in our, uh, in our own... Uh, community, John, you and I, who uh, is also suffering from this, turns out that women who take, and this is, uh, I didn't know about this, but of course I started to research it once I got this sad news, uh, women who take the osteoporosis drug Fosamax for more than five years are apparently all en masse uh, developing esophageal cancer. Oh yeah, that uh, particular drug it causes. Uh, it's re- it's very uh, interesting. You if you read about it, it gets it, it creates bone mass, uh, but it does all kinds of weird things to your gastrointestinal system. And you, for one thing, you, like you can't lay down or lie down if you're if you take it because it, it just really does some weird stuff to you. Uh, and you can you, you have to drink a lot of water. It has to be taken in a very specific way. It's not a casual thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about this. I know that it's a problematic drug. And I was uh, watching, uh, for, I don't know, for some reason I wound up, I was in uh, San Francisco this week and I was watching the, the, the early show on CBS uh, as kind of, you know, to see what, uh, what most of the slaves are being mind controlled with. And all of a sudden there's this big push for statins, uh, which I guess uh, lower your statins. Cl- statins, which lower your cor- cholesterol. Yeah, well, Lipitor, all these things are are various synthetic statins. So now AstraZeneca, who makes Crestor, has approved, has received approval to market a statin, this Crestor, uh, that people can take as a preventative measure. So you don't get cholesterol. And the the FDA approved this stuff. They approve everything. this This is outrageous. I'm like, what? You're not even. I don't know sick? if taking a statin's a good idea anyway, but you're not even sick. And then, and then, yeah. here's the latest vaccine, John. While I'm on it, anti-obesity vaccine. 
I didn't know that. I didn't know obesity was a uh, uh, carried by a, a virus or a bacteria. Yeah, there you go. It's a vaccine, and uh, they're all the study shows our vaccine well, what, slows it, it, weight as gain. As a vaccine, what what virus? What virus or bacteria does it does it trigger the immune system to attack? That's well, what vaccines do, right? Yeah. Well, I, or I'm, we redefine vaccines, yes. and nobody's noticed. No one's saying anything. Uh, speaking of vaccines, this is a, uh, and this is in the show notes. You have to read through this. This is frightening to me and falls uh, completely under the. It's the no agenda swine flu minute. This is from uh, leprogress.fr. It's a fine French publication, and it's a Google translated article for three weeks. Uh, a, a laboratory in Lyon has uh, now been mixing under their P4 maximum security laboratory or laboratory conditions H1N1 avian flu with H5N1. This is exactly what Baxter International did. You mean did. H1N1 swine flu with the bird, with the bird flu. flu. This is yeah. exactly what Baxter right. most, International did. One of the did. deadliest viruses out there. So to combine those two, one which spreads really fast, H1N1, and one which kills with uh, no mercy, 80% effectiveness. H5N1, are being yeah. mixed in a la- laboratory in France. And yeah, I'm like, great. why? Why? Why do you have to do? Oh, but don't worry. It's under P4, maximum security conditions. Exactly yeah. what Baxter International claims they were doing when they shipped out a mixture of this stuff. Yeah, they bad. might kill 80% of the world's population. Somebody, I don't know who, you know, that idiot from Belgium. <laughs> who I will play at the end of the show. And yes. then uh, just to mention, I'm not going to go through it all, but there's a, a heading in the show notes, poppies, uh, tons of reports of um, uh, of actual harvesting in Afghanistan. Uh <laughs> I, I find this hilarious. Actual troops taking harvested poppies and putting sure, them on photos. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think this is at the point somebody's sitting around stoned, probably saying, "I wonder how far we can go with this with, before the public actually notices." Here, this one: some photos of the soldiers putting the stuff on the on the chopper over there. You know, it, it, it's a, in, in fact, this is from Boston dot com. It even says, oh, "Wait a minute, I guess I uh, let me just get to the link." It's just they have a whole bunch. It's called the big picture, and they have uh, actually big pictures, really high resolution, beautiful pictures. Uh, and this is Afghanistan, March two thousand ten. And you go to picture number thirty five. I just wanted to read the caption to you, and the picture, of course, is linked in the show notes at noagendashow dot com. Hold on, I'm scrolling down to thirty five. Those are great photos, by oh, the way. Beautiful, they're beautiful. In this photo, taken on Friday, March nineteenth, two thousand ten. A farmer works in a poppy field in Marja. This is the, this is where we had the big invasion, the big surge, Afghanistan. When U.S., Afghan, and NATO forces stormed Marja in February, they were instructed to seize large opium stashes but leave farmers' poppy fields alone. So they actually they're admitting it. They seized the stash. They they took it. Yeah, they took it. <laughs> they took it. <laughs> I mean, are we just nuts? Are we just completely crazy? Are we the only ones seeing this stuff? This is this is outrageous. 
it's everything's so outrageous. It's just amazing that it just and and the power. You know, this is one thing about an advanced society. The the the, the people running it the, at whatever level, they they've somehow discovered that it, you can do anything because nobody either pays attention or you can just tell them, oh, we didn't do that, or we're not doing that. Oh, that's silly. Oh, that's just conspiracy theory. I think it was you Voltaire. Know, I, mean, I think it was Voltaire who said, John, yeah, Voltaire. <laughs> the bigger the lie. The more apt people are to believe it, <laughs> Voltaire. So it's just like it's astonishing. It's I mean, it's only the little two bit governments where they have to shut up everybody. Let's kill all the newspaper editors, and you know, if anybody says anything against the government, you kill them and you shoot them, and of course, the whole place goes to hell in a handbasket. Modern society, they've noticed you can. You don't have to do it. You can, these guys saying bringing out the truth. Who cares? Let yeah. them say whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They don't you even know, care the, about us. The funny us. thing is, it's like maybe there are aliens. Maybe maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe Ike I'm is right. right, and everybody there's reptiles. Yeah, maybe, who would know? Who knows? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, there is hope. Uh, uh, hope comes in many different forms. Uh, there's a ton of interesting books at noagendabooks.com, uh, which you may want to uh, check out. Uh, we've discussed a couple of them. I wanted to mention that there was a j- federal judge on Monday who, thank goodness, struck down two patents uh, for uh, by companies who were trying to patent human genes. Uh, so they actually will own intellectual property to your to body your genes. to your genes and i'm not talking about blue genes so there is hope that's very nice to see and then a nice note from brian from philly hey guys i'm a regular listener to the show a little surprised you guys talked about the flash mobs we've been having here in philly i just want to give you a little more insight as to what's been going on with these kids because they are not just gathering in huge numbers and jumping up and down which was my that's all i saw uh, I'm all for freaking out authority figures and raising a little hell, but these kids are taking it too far. Too far. Uh, they gather by the thousands downtown, which, by the way, this is, was not reported. Um, in a city hall tourist part of the city, uh, once they feel they outnumber everyone, they start assaulting police, including reports of a wheelchair-bound dude who was begging for his life as he was beaten. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm still all for civil disobedience not for beating up people in wheelchairs but taunting police uh yeah i'm i gotta say i'm it's gonna come to that uh they run on top of your car hang from street signs traffic lights uh uh, and they broke a window at Macy's. He does say, well, you know, they should uh, be reporting this more accurately than if this yes, stuff is going correct. on. Correct. I agree, though, that it's cool. The mayor and police are freaked out, but it's not cool when you're harassing mothers walking down the street with their small children. Agreed. Well, I agree with that, too. But the point is that the media has obviously been told, oh, don't you know, if we report this, I, I know how this works. Well, if we report this and it's going to encourage it. Right. You know, well, I don't know where that ever came from, but yeah, reporting stuff—you you just report stuff. You don't make a sociological analysis yeah. as a, as a, as regarding the news and what's happening. Oh, I don't know. We can't report that because it's going to encourage it. Yeah, it's bull. That's bull crap. It's total bull crap. So then he does say at the end, "Thank you very much, though, for pointing out that our mayor—that's the guy who we heard on uh, on the video, Mike Nutter." which is a great name. Sounds like Cleveland from the Family Guy. Totally. He does. <laughs> anyway, so I thought it would be nice to just uh, end on a high note there. Yeah, anything. <laughs> a, a Family Guy high note. So please consider us um, 
when you're next at the movies, which of course, uh, you know, you take your girlfriend, your boyfriend out, you spend 50 bucks on uh, some high fructose corn syrup and some uh, genetically modified popcorn. And then you watch a movie and you sit still with a hundred strangers in a dark room for an hour and a half. Consider giving that to us. I think we give you more entertainment. You may be th more thirsty. We were, too, we're, 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 short, we're actually today, we're a little longer than a Star Wars movie already. Uh, but it's, we are a better, your better entertainment dollar is better spent with us. Yes. So is your Starbucks dollar for that matter. So we'll, we'll end up five uh, bucks for we'll end up the show with a full uh, speech of uh, Oompa Loompa Ram Rumpoy, the president of the United States of Europe, just so you can enjoy that. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you again on uh, Sunday for the early service. So coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Command Center in the flight path of uh, Black uh, Hawk helicopters, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining, but I bet you it rains later, I'm John C. Dvorak. Sunday morning, early service. Meet us there at noagendastream.com, noagendashow.com, and in the morning for No Agenda. Eighty months ago, people on this side of the Atlantic were not happy with the collapse of the first Lehman Brothers either. We have a responsibility for issues that affect the other as well. So let's work together on financial and banking regulation. I should like to mention two other fronts of insecurity, climate change and cybercrime. In the mythical past, the famous empire of Atlantis was engulfed by the sea. Let's take this as a metaphor for climate change. Saving the planet from climate catastrophe and the resulting global insecurity is a daunting task. But in name of Atlantis, Europe and America should take up the challenge together. The European Union and the United States should lead the way in green technology. Together we can set the norms and standards, not only in climate politics, but also in the technology-related regulation. It is the best chance we have so to the rest of the world will follow suit. A transatlantic cooperation is needed on an industrial carbon market and a global verification and compliance regime. I'm glad to announce that in the today's European Council, all heads of state or government agreed we should work closely with the United States on climate issues. Our societies live by the grace of a free flow of goods, people and information. Networks are the arteries of the global economy. They are vulnerable. Think of the internet and telecommunication, banking and money transfer systems, airports and energy grids. Cyber attacks against the nodes of modern life are no fantasy. They can happen and do happen every day. This changes our perspective on security. To quote a very valuable recent study on EU-US relations, the goal of ensuring territorial integrity must be complemented by a goal of securing the critical functions of our society. We must enhance our resilience against these threats, learn how to anticipate and deal with disruptions. Both the United States and Europe are so deeply embedded in global networks that we can only do this together. Our connectedness is at stake. 
I would propose to take up this task in the name of Atlantis. Not in the name of Atlantis, but in the name of Columbus, the great transatlantic connector. In all these areas, Europe and America can stand shoulder to shoulder, building upon the transatlantic past and upon our values and interests. That is the mission which we can make into our common story. Ladies and gentlemen, a final remark. We can only work together if we have respect for the political constraints under which our partner works. One example, six weeks ago the European Parliament rejected an EU-US agreement on the sharing of data, SWIFT, on the ground that civil liberties were not sufficiently protected. It came as a surprise to some in Washington. The parliamentary vote is a political reality, however. I sincerely hope that we can find a solution with all the EU institutions involved, and I will work on that. However, this vote also made me think of the European experience with the Kyoto Protocol, which the US Congress never ratified. But then again, last Sunday showed a different mood in your Congress. I should like to congratulate President Obama on his historic successes of passing health care reform legislation. My point is, my point is, such votes, even if divisive, are exactly what we share. The most striking thing that Europe and America have in common is our pluralist democracy. Pluralist democracy means having a variety of standpoints competing on the political stage with always uncertain outcomes. Internally, neither in the Union nor in the United States can we say that consensus is always achieved. In Washington, you often have bipartisan disagreements. In the European Union, one can add to those the divergences between the 27 member states. Therefore, we must not treat every disagreement as a crisis or a breakdown. They are rather a sign of the death of the transatlantic relationship. What unites us is more fundamental and more long-lasting. Once again, the only easy relationship is an empty relationship. Therefore, I should like to thank the organizers for bringing us all together. It was a very great pleasure and an honor to be with you, and I stay a little while to be with you this evening. Thank you. Shrugged. by Ayn Rand.